Hello and welcome to Gaming Quest episode, uh, whatever the fuck number we're on. Uh, I'm your host, uh, Mike Apps, something funny, uh, with me as always. Person who knows it's episode 315 and also resident Final Fantasy 16 hater, David McBurney, Family Master. Uh, your man in Japan, Michael Baker, Gaijiman Akutari, who, um, you know what, I've just, I haven't been here for a couple weeks, so I really don't care what number it is. It's, hello everybody. I am the guest. Max Power. Oh. Joey Jojo Shabadoo Jr. Smoking Joe. Oh, stop. Um, hey, everyone. It's good to have Gaijin back. It's been a bit. Also, I just noticed yes. we've got questions in the comments section for episode 313, so I'm going to be pulling those up. Uh, Sweet. But, yeah. Uh, since Gaijin hasn't been here in a while, how about we hear what Gaijin's been playing? It's a good idea. Well, um, during the period of time where I was not capable of speech, um, long story. I can't um, believe you couldn't I... play Hey You Pikachu. <laughs> Sorry, sorry. Oh, oh wow. that, that would that would be a good experience. Now, uh, not okay. I, I mean, the last time I was on here, I think it was like for fifteen minutes at the end. But that yeah. was before that. Yeah, before that, I was playing Stick of Truth. Yeah, I remember that. Which is an experience. It's, uh, it's very South Park. <laughs> very South Park. Um, I've not actually checked to see if this was ever released in Japan, but I'm going to assume no because. The CERO ratings board would probably have to add another rating on top of Z. Zero double Z. Mm. Yeah. Because, I mean, the Z rating is mostly for um, what's considered excessive violence and glorification of of crime. So you the reason with... people joke that it's the Zero Zombies rating. Yeah, I mean, yes, every single biohazard game... Um, or Resident Evil, everything with any of the big zombie games, Grand Theft Auto, but also um, Outer Worlds. Because mm. it got a little grotesque at times, and there was a lot of random crime that you could do. didn't have mm. to, but you could. So, but... Um, and South Park goes places where the Japanese PC gay industry won't. <laughs> and we leave it at that. <laughs> I'm just like... How did this ever get released on anything? <laughs> wow. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a lot. It, yeah, I mean, if I ever bothered to review it, I'd be like, okay, we need to add an extra bar for originality, give it two fives. <laughs> Just for, I mean, any game that requires you to string seven or more largely unrelated adjectives and nouns together in or in a way that has never been seen in the English language in order to describe any given point of the story is, yeah, definitely original. Was it um, <laughs> Stick of Truth or Fractured Butthole where um, when you, you use the difficulty slider... The character's skin gets darker as you get to Let's stick of truth. Okay. Oh, man. Yeah. Ooh, lordy. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Uh, so, that, that uh, it sounds like you saw that through to its logical endpoint. 
if you can call the endpoint logical. As logical, uh, it is a logical endpoint in that it is where the software goes. <laughs> yes, I mean the last two bosses are like, okay, I did not see that company coming. I definitely did not see that company coming. And oh, hello, Morgan Freeman, doing a monologue to explain the backstory here. Why not? Why not? Because if you have to bring in Morgan Freeman to give a narration on why this final boss is doing what he's doing, and it's, I'm not even sure how to describe that. So. Mm. Aside from South Park, very South Park. Some of the uh, some of the, the the game did not release uncensored everywhere. I'd put I'll put it that way. Uh, and well, it definitely so, released uncensored on the Nintendo Switch. Surprisingly, no, no, it was it was a territory based thing. Ah, uh, uh. there were certain parts of uh, like various parts of Europe. Uh, Asia and Africa, where it released, but without, uh, but with censorship on various consoles, uh, and like when it reached like a censored scene, it would show like uh, whatever territory it was being censored, like a national symbol sobbing in front of a flag. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, even just when it goes into the opening narration with the grand Tolkien-esque battle, and it shows Hartman riding into battle as leader of his uh, the um, Koopa Keep clan as the Grand Wizard. I'm like, oh dear, this is going to be an awful game in all the worst, funniest ways. So, yeah. <laughs> grand yeah. Wizard of the Koopa Keep. Oh, okay. Uh... Well, you're just now getting that. No, no, I was just half responding to something else and then heard that phrase again and, like, my brain shut down. So we're going to move on before we reach something <laughs> that makes me feel like we need to censor this podcast. Um, so what yeah, else have really. you been playing? <laughs> well, after I beat that, because it's not actually a very long game. Mm. Um, I mean, it's, it's not really a thing that can sustain itself super long. <laughs> no, and uh, a point to note for anyone who actually wants to play it and has small children around... It's also not a game that can be played muted. Oh boy! It has no um, It has no dialogue boxes. Oh no! If you want to know what's going on in the game, you have to listen to them because they have the entire TV show cast acting it out. Which, of course, only consists of like five people, but still. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yes. Oh, I mean, it is very much an interactive, like double episode or triple episode of South Park. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it has no dialogue boxes, so you are going to be completely lost if you do not listen. Um, yeah, yeah, after that, I just put in Romancing Saga Minstrel Song instead. That's a good choice. And, um, um, I have currently lost count of the number of times I've restored from a quick save. <laughs> just because I was like, 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 I know what I'm getting into. I don't care if I am messing up the battle rankings massively the first time around which i did in fact do that um <laughs> and so now i've got several quests that were definitely supposed to be done much sooner than i'm doing them and i'm not sure if i can complete them right now uh, <laughs> solely because actually no one because of the final of the boss of that scenario and more often because certain monsters insist on showing up in random battles and i can't defeat them quickly enough so That's, uh... <laughs> 
Yeah, one is a giant turtle thing that is immune to my instant death attacks, which is how I'm surviving several other battles, battle combinations. And the other one is the Lamia, who has a nice, wonderful spell that can put one or more, or two or more characters to sleep and then cause confusion in them when they wake up. Oh boy. And if she's not doing that, then she's spamming a hit everybody attack that takes off about 60% of everyone's health in one stroke. Hmm. And she never that's shows up alone. That's fun. That's yeah. joy in your life. <laughs> but that's, uh, I mean, being able to get yourself into trouble like that is part of the fun of romancing saga, so. Yeah. Yeah. So, like I described on Twitter, it's like, okay, right now I am at the point where the battle ranking has taken a. What's right with here? Um exponential curve to the difficulty level precipitous climb <laughs> yep so i mean it eventually it will level out just because the battle rank can't go up any farther at some point battle rank can't um, go up any farther and the more out of step your stats are with the battle rank the better you get out of fights so yep I, yeah i just found one of the censorship images here on the wikipedia yeah you lose again, Europe. This scene where you tried to disable the force field around Randy, but instead accidentally forced the probing machine next to him. Probe is... <laughs> oh, yes, that! Um, is not meant for your eyes. Randy, in obvious rectal pain, urges you to proceed onward. Yes. Yep. Yep. Oh, it's, uh, it's exactly the game you'd expect it to be. Yep. Yep. Yeah, so sounds like uh, Romancing Saga. Who are you playing as in this run? I just started as Aisha this time. Good choice. I she's one of the ones I don't actually remember finishing with, and on the PlayStation. Mm. Um, so might as well. And of the one others, I mean, I definitely remember finishing with Barbara, Jamil, Albert, Claudia, Baby Hawk. I don't think Aisha. Not Sith, Sith, and definitely not Grey. I am not starting a Grey game first in a series of this <laughs> game. Um, I, I remember that much. Is like, you you really want to have your the mercantile clout up as high as you can before you start him. So. Hmm. so. But what have you been playing? We'll save me because I'm gonna be very mean. Um, uh -huh. Joe, what you been up to? Oh, I know we're gonna talk about it, but I I have been playing Final Fantasy 16 oh. a bit. Yeah. And I also have some feelings about it. Um, Are they good? Can... Are they bad? Are they mixed? They're probably not as All bad of as the mine. above. Oh no, certainly not. <laughs> There's a, a little bit from column A and column B. Um, so I've been playing that, and I've been doing my own JRPG July type event. So I did play Crusader of Senti. Oh, yeah. Um, although my game? brain my brain somehow mixed it up with two other Genesis games, um, Brave Battle Saga and King Colossus. So somehow those three games got mixed up in my head. I don't know. It was pretty wild, but that's yeah. a neat game. Um, then I did... 
Which cute animals um, do you have? Um, I, all I got was the dog, but then the dog made it so that the bunny would teach me how to jump. Um, <laughs> yep. And then it you can pay like when you get some of the other animals in. Okay, and then you can pay like fifty bucks to get the cat that will revive you once. Um, but yeah. it doesn't actually follow you around or anything. Yeah. So. Um, so that was that's a fun yeah. game. Um, then I was doing Wild Arms. I did the newest version on the PS5, mm -hmm. and I absolutely use Rewind during an early boss fight because I'm like, oh, okay, I don't know how much health he has, and I died. Okay, let me just rewind. <laughs> so, I, yeah, it, it, that's a tricky game. But I got through all three of the character prologues, and now I have all three of them in the same town, but I forget how to make them actually party up, or, or, or maybe I just have to play more. I don't know. I'll just so, play more. Yeah. And then played a little bit of Persona 4 Golden, the Steam version. Um, just got up to the point where Kanji got kidnapped, and then you see him on the Midnight Channel, or his shadow, mm -hmm. rather, in the bathhouse, and then you got to go into the dungeon. Mm -hmm. So... Yep. Is that I did that. Okay. Yep. Yeah, no, I was going to say, like, I did think in my head, I'm like, okay, so they tried. Like, 20, this is almost 20 years ago. They tried to deal with um, Kanji had issues with his sexuality. Naoto had issues with gender identity. And an effort was made. You know, it was a bit awkward and ham-fisted. But how many games, like, you know, would even try it even now? And 20 years exactly. ago, like, it was unheard of. Yeah. So I think it's fine. So, and I, yeah, it was, yep. when image and how you feel others think about you is the main theme of the game it's those are very good topics to mention yeah so. I, uh, I just wanted to pop in to say that uh, Crusader of Santi was actually part of a weird project Sega had uh, at the time mm -hmm. uh, specifically oh. that the Mega Drive had kind of fuck all for RPGs at the time yeah, and so they had like this thing, the Mega RPG Project, which was an attempt to get more RPGs on the Genesis and uh, Sega CD. And Crusader Senti is one of only like two things from that that actually found its way to uh, the U.S. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't think Surging Aura came here. And ports of the first two Legend of Heroes games also did not get here. So the parts of that that got here were uh, Crusader Senti in Japan, Shinso Seki Ragna Senti, and Beyond Oasis, Story of Thor. Uh, and I was going to say, I mentioned back in my old emulation days, there were, I think, three Genesis games I actually managed to get working properly on my old computer that was rickety and falling apart. Mm-hmm. Senti was one of them. Beyond Oasis was the second one, and Landstalker was the third. Yes. Landstalker is quite good as well. Yeah. I love Landstalker. Landstalker's developers would variously splinter off and produce things with, uh, like the unfortunately titled Lady Stalker. Worst name, worst possible name. Um, yeah, especially since the Stalker was actually Lady. That was her name. Yeah, yeah. I just I don't think they realized how that sounded. Um, yeah. <laughs> Landstalker, uh, no, they made, Alundra. Yeah, they did Alundra, uh, Lady Split, and some of them did Alundra, which is 
just a if, if you've never played it, that's a wonderful, deeply depressing game. Uh, mm-hmm. And also Dark Savior, which is not a great game, but an extremely weird one. It's fun to talk about, not so much it's, to play. It's absolutely a game that if you can get, like find a playthrough to watch that goes through all the endings, that's probably the ideal way to experience it. Mm-hmm. It don't play good, but it's weird as shit. Um, also in the Mega RPG product, project and the one aspect of that on the Sega CD that we got, Shining Force CD. A port of two Game Gear games. I don't know why that was their big shining, their big push for Shining Force on the Sega CD. That feels like that's <laughs> where that street lives. But yeah, but yeah, Crusader Sentry. Crusader Sentry. There's a part where I'm I'm exploring a beach, and all of a sudden there's Sonic hanging <laughs> on a beach chair. Just chilling. I yeah. remember that. Yeah, and then he's like, yeah. it's something like don't mess with this guy or he'll beat you up or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love Crusader. Oh, oh I remember that boss that's coming up, yeah. <laughs> that was a fun one. But yeah. So, have uh, fun with that. <laughs> I, lo- you know I love Crusader. Right? Hmm? You know how to find him? What? Joe? Me? Oh, yeah, find what? Beach? Well, I fought, I fought the big bad wolf. That was it. Okay, well, there's another, there's a boss that you find on the beach, but you have to locate the right spot to jump first. Oh, no, I did not find that. Okay. Um, if you're searching the beach, just keep walking over the beach and look where your footsteps are until you find a spot that has no footsteps. That's cute. Oh, and then stand on that tile and jump. And that should activate. Okay. And I'm amazed I, I remember this after 20 years. <laughs> 22 years. <laughs> It is a it is a clever move to be fair. Yeah. Uh, no, I I thought like, you were talking to wheels, so I'm trying to open up the stream. Mm-hmm. Like, oh no, I I, I don't watch. Them. I, I, don't I have enough problems with this laptop as it is. I am not going to risk crashing the graphics <laughs> drivers again. Uh, watching yeah. this while watching stream. Let's so is that all I, I played I this Crusader week? I, yeah, I think that's all I played uh, this week and. Last week, I think, because I'm trying to, because I know, because Final Fantasy was Friday, I streamed that, and then Crusader Senti was Saturday, which means Wild Arms was Tuesday, and Persona 4 was yesterday. Okay, so those are the four games I've done so far for my JRPG event. Um, uh, so. I, yeah, and then I was playing Final Fantasy 16 some more today and got to... Well, I got to a point in the story where I'm like, what? Um, There's a lot of things that could be. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. And it's like, I don't understand... I don't fully grasp the story right now, and I'm just hoping it goes somewhere and turns into something. But so far, it's like, okay, yeah, it's, I can empathize with Clive a little bit, but I don't know where this is going and what, I don't know. <laughs> it's weird. Yeah. Um, and Wheels, what you been playing? Um, first of all, Farminer says in the Twitch chat, did anyone get f- front mission on Steam? I got the Switch mm-hmm. version. Seems fine. Yeah, I'm very so tempted I to try Steam's to pick up the... Uh... 
Yeah, I'm very tempted to try to pick up the Switch physical release before it disappears into ether. Yeah, <laughs> he's fine. Um, uh, but uh, Gaijin picked up a 3DS LL for me from Japan. Oh, uh, no. That arrived in the past week. So, got that all hacked up and played some Saga 2 DS translated on there. Which yeah, is nice, excellent, nice. as always. Yep. You really need to... Took a took a few false starts getting everything set up, but it sounds yes. like it worked out. Yeah. Um, and through this process... Did the kids like the little candy package? Yes, they did. My son and I had the candy, actually. It was good. Um, were there cards in that? Because I, I think there was... Like, yes. Candy yes, nothing good, I'm but... I'm curious what was in there. Nothing good? Uh, let's see. I got a... Some kind of bird EX isn't very good, and then you know, bird something that looks like a stone mushroom that is terrible. <laughs> An attack that deals twenty damage with one fighting energy. That's not good. Yeah, insufficient economy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I was surprised I was able to get anything with cards in it. To be honest, just because the uh, the second hand pricing has been going insane, and jeez, mm, they. They get sold out faster than you can find them. Yeah. Not surprised. Uh, but while getting this 3DS set up, I discovered that if you already have a hacked 3DS, there's actually a much simpler way to hack another 3DS using <laughs> the hacked 3DS. I would imagine you it's send like a like some sort of message. You like... <laughs> you have to like load up a, a patch from Mario Kart 7... And then you start it up and create a multiplayer room for download play. And then on the non-hacked 3DS, you then... Uh, of course, because it doesn't yes. really... Uh... Yeah, you do download play and then boom. But anyway, yes. So I played a little bit of that. I set up um, Monster Hunter XX with the translation patch. Which annoyingly they changed the title screen to say Monster Hunter, Monster Hunter Generations Ultimate. I don't, I don't like. I don't fully, like that. Uh, oh, I guess we only got the translated version of that on Switch. Yes. Okay, that's why that would happen. Just leave it. Leave it. Give me the X. It's a much better name. I hate the fucking translated name. It sucks. I don't know. XX isn't a great name either. I don't care. It looks cool. It's a cool logo. But anyway, like anyway, I can, can now play that as God intended because that game does not does not really look great upscaled on Switch. It's definitely it, a 3DS. Yes, because it, it is definitely a 3DS game. So uh, that's cool. Uh, I've been playing Final Fantasy 16, uh, which I've been having a lot of fun with. But my main <laughs> my main gripe. The, the only grape I really have, because I've been having fun otherwise, is some of the side quests, which are like, yes, I can see this was made by people who designed Final Fantasy XIV. The side quests are two-a-man trash. But <laughs> if you're going to give me side quests in an action-focused Final Fantasy, I should get to stab something in every single one of those side quests. Why are you making me like go... Go here, talk to this person, then then talk to this person's side quest over. Or go here, pick up this garbage off the ground, 
and return side quest over this There's, fucking there are socks. literal side quests where the th this is one of the better side quests early on where it's like go kill some bugs and then pick up dirt <laughs> oh i did that one at least you get to fight something yes but, yes yeah. i got a funny one um the uh the the innkeeper lady is like like go find my husband he hasn't come back yet and the dude is like surrounded by giant scorpions so you kill the scorpions, you save his life, and he's like, "Oh, I'm gonna go back to my wife." And then you're you're like, Jill is like, "No, actually, your wife said to just go ahead and go finish building that bridge. Don't go home." So I kind of felt bad for the guy. Yeah, I think that's he the almost main dies. And, yeah, he, yeah. He almost, it is, but it's like he almost dies, and then he's like, "I'm I'm gonna go back to, go go back home." It's like, "No, you're not. You're gonna go build a bridge. You know, keep keep working. It doesn't matter that you almost died." Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, it doesn't matter. But bottle up all that trauma. Just just go build the bridge. <laughs> the game doesn't honestly care about the emotional interiority of anyone other than Clive. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's just disappointing. You only play as Clive. He only has a sword. And. I'm not saying I don't like the game. I'm just saying, like, I'm a little frustrated with the crafting system because it's like the crafting system awesome... might as well not exist. <laughs> right. I, uh, I make this awesome, like, purple rare sword. I'm like, oh, this is cool. And then ten minutes later, I can buy something that's better. Yeah. And, I can, and I'm like, okay. I can yeah. I can crystallize that complaint into something, and that is that this game's combat feels worse than Final Fantasy VII Remake, which is all fresh in every Final Fantasy where most Final Fantasy VII fans' minds, like, that system should be carried on into other Final Fantasy games. Instead, we're back to, oh, I can only control one character. Because Square yeah. prefers Cause... to reinvent the wheel every single time. Yeah. There's there's a lot of reasons that that, that version, that that kind of combat was not pursued here, not the least of which being those game, these games were in mostly concurrent development for sure so yeah uh but as a broader thing there's just a lot of like missed opportunities with the system they pursued like i, I i'm gonna try to keep myself to like five minutes of complaining uh, should i talk about uh, everything else i've been playing first before we dive into yeah, this well, let's, let's go with what he's playing let's first do that. okay okay <laughs> yeah. so okay. i've also been playing some legend heroes good trails in the sky chapter uh which i got a little delayed on because the game seems to expect me to know where everything is in this re first region i'm in so I'm expecting had... you to play it with the first one fresh in your mind. Yes. So I had to actually open up a region map and be like, okay, this is where the orphanage is. This is where this air checkpoint or whatever the hell it is. And then I was able to go along on my merry way. Locations? Yes. <laughs> Which I was unprepared for because early on in the game, I feel like it goes out to this world map and you pick different points. So it's like, oh, it's not going to be as like op open up for travel as the first game was and then it was so yeah the the thing about it is that like the first game is extraordinarily linear and then once it like once you get to the second game it's like well you know this map now so we can just drag you from point to point because it's like yeah we're using mostly the same map but you're traversing it in a very different fashion right <laughs> so i did find a nice wiki page with maps so i'm going to keep that handy wise going forward and that um 
Also See. useful if you want to get the bracer points. Yes. Uh, Destiny stuff. Uh, I am mostly done with content for this season, so it's going to be very Hooray. little for me to talk about for the rest of the season going forward. I actually finished the last Grandmaster... The last three Grandmaster Nightfalls I had to do this season in the past few days. So that's that's done. So now I can just hop on every now and then and finish some stuff. Um, but yeah, game that game's in a good state. It, you wouldn't know that if you went right. on Twitter because Destiny 2 fans that talk a lot on the internet because suck. video game fans. Yes, but don't let that... Don't take that to believe that all they're all like that because they're not. Most of them just don't go online and complain about it. They just play the game and have fun. So... Don't be scared to like, you know, use the Destiny 2 app and pair up with people because the vast majority of people I've played with are incredibly pleasant. Pair off with wheels. And yes, <laughs> sure. And I highly recommend using the app and pairing up with some random people to play raids and whatnot. It's good fun. Very good game. Um, yeah, other than that, like that, and Tears of the Kingdom, it's been. Lots of Final Fantasy 16 because I'm enjoying just a Braden Dead slashy slashy good time there. Emphasis on the brain dead part. Oh. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna go get a snack and I'm going to unleash you. So go ahead. Okay, I'm, I'm giving myself like a five minute timer. Okay. Ah. Uh. Thank you. So, uh, I'm going to start out with, with that combat. That combat, that combat, that combat, that combat. So, there is almost no reason to actually pursue any sort of, like, particular strategy, strategy or mastery of that combat system. Uh... Clive has a lot of moves, but against anything that is going to take more than a couple hits to kill, they functionally all do kind of the same thing. Uh, there's Most of your more spectacular moves are hidden behind cooldowns. They're meant to do... They're meant to be cycled like an MMO. That doesn't fit very well with the fast action combo-based nature of Devil May Cry. The two ideas are at cross-purposes. There's very little uh, like depth to how you can customize your character because things like elements and uh, like elemental affinities don't exist. Status effects don't exist, so there's no reason to like. There's nothing that an accessory or piece of armor can give you that's like, oh, this does this defends you against like sleep or blind or darkness. None of that exists. There's nothing to that it can give you other than more points, and the game is heavily, heavily normalized to make sure that you have a very specific set of stuff you can have at any given moment. Uh, one of the more obnoxious things is that you can reach a point where, like, if you go off the beaten path, like, you might find, like, oh, here's a spider silk. You can use that to uh, build X, Y, craft X, Y, and Z things. How many spider silks do I need? 30. Okay? 
Yeah, 30. Well, how will I get that many? Well, actually, actually, a required fight will give you 30. So actually, the there was no point in giving you anything off the beaten path because that was worth nothing. Uh, some, sometimes you'll get sometimes you'll get real fun though. Like you'll find an item point, like the little blue orbs that say, "Oh, here's an item. And it's one gill." Uh, there's nothing to actually buy in, in most senses. Like you'll get way if you're doing the side quests, you'll have way more money than you can spend, unless you are buying shit for the goddamn jukebox. And the music is fine. There is absolutely nothing that I would care to listen to again. It's it's all good enough for what it's doing. There's nothing there. Um, and I just have like a lot of issues with the game as a structural work. Like not as like how it's put together per se but how its story is structured is just kind of bad um how to put this how to put this because like i'm trying to discuss it in a very broad sense because it's a new game most people have not gotten too far into it i'm certainly not done with it but i'm talking about like not specific twists and how they're constructed i have my issues with those thus far but that's not the point i'm talking about like the way the story is structured is just kind of bad um i guess how i would describe it is that like the game is sort of set up so that you've got a bunch of I, i've definitely seen people compare this to how like ff14 is set up as an mmo where you've got like main story quests that are just sort of busy work and then you get to the big main story quests that advance the story and have big deal plots happen in them and the big problem that i've had so far is that the main story quests that are between big plot points don't build to the big plot points there's been multiple points where like there's a core MacGuffin that you're going after in the story and i'm not going to talk too much about it because it's technically a twist even though it was spoiled in the marketing i'm not going to talk too much about it but i think we actually cases, spoiled it on the show too we did but whatever or maybe 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 not shenanigans i don't remember yeah i think that was shenanigans the point is like it's it's a new game and i'm trying to tread lightly but you know you've got the big the big macguffins that you're going after and like these are big deals going after these is a big deal they're very important within the lore like people know what they are they care deeply about them theoretically they're very important to keep people from interacting with them and thus far i've run into i've i've done the story missions that were all around two of them and theoretically the way you bridge the gap between the small and big parts of the story the little things that are just they're kind of busy work is that you make it so that the busy work is building towards you getting to these things finding ways to get to them and it doesn't feel like that's happening here you just sort of do stuff until characters are like oh it turns out right now right exactly at this moment no one is paying attention and we can go after this MacGuffin <laughs> and then you do and that's it. Like, it's just done. Like, it happened. And now you move on to the next one. And it's just like... And then, like, the game will do these things where it, like, moves the plot forward r rapidly to, to, I guess, facilitate, like... I don't know. Some of the some of the times time sh like shenanigans about the timeline of when the game is taking place. They don't they don't feel like they add much to the game. In fact, they muddy it. But like that's very small potatoes compared to the fact that like just the small stakes part of this game and the big stakes part of this game do not feel connected in any sense. And that hurts both of them because it makes the small t uh, stakes parts feel worthless, and it makes the big stakes parts, which are supposed to be like these emotional climaxes, feel like they just 
they don't land because nothing happened, nothing built up to this. Like there's a big deal. Like there's all sorts of stuff that's supposed to be like, oh, this big thing happened and you should feel like an emotional catharsis. And there's no emotion here because you didn't build up to it. It just happened. Mm -hmm. oh, oh, I have, I have been very much not enjoying the story. And like, it does not help that it is, so, so one of the one of the wild things about this, I'm I'm, I'm giving myself a little overtime to just sort of go into this structurally. You're, you're uh, two minutes over. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I know. Also, Fireminer uh, has a related question in the Twitch chat. Yeah. You should touch on question of how much RPG be, RPG should be in an action game until the stats become too much. Uh, no, because the problem with this isn't that it's uh, is is the the problem here is fundamentally that uh, there might as well be no RPG in there. Um, and you would have very little difference to how the game is played. Uh, points but, don't matter. Yeah, the, the points yeah. really do not matter. Um, but uh, yeah, to, just to just to hit like the the other things, there's I I have been I will say fully ignoring like the codex, the active time lore. Uh, I think that when I was trying to keep track of the active time lore in the demo. I found that it just immediately ruined the pace of any given scene because I was suddenly having to pop in and read a goddamn codex entry, and it doesn't—it didn't really add anything. And that's kind of the other thing that I've been running into as I've been playing. It's just that all of this lore that it's trying to sort of draw your eye with adds up to basically nothing. There's not actually like this is a really simple story for the most part. Like, there's not actually a lot happening yet. Uh, and kind of, um, empty lore. Yeah, like, there's... Uh, like, I, I got to a point where the game was like, we're going to tell you about the Iron Kingdom and the Crystal Orthodoxy. And then I sit through, like, this, like, three-minute lecture where they're showing, like, a map and, like, these little game pieces knocking each other over to, like, sort of imply, like, complex uh, war games. And... I can sum up what that was actually explaining in three sentences. Uh, your, uh, like your family has and them have hated each other for a hundred years. The Iron Kingdom is very uh, insular, and their religion is the Crystal Orthodoxy, which is also very insular. There, that's done. That's it. That's all those three minutes explained. But it's trying to gussy up this idea that, like, oh, there's a lot going on here, and there just isn't. It's just posturing it is the aesthetic of lore without any like fundamentally like any complexity behind it it's just there to look like there's a lot there it's a lore shaped space pretty much it's it's and, like it's like the s chat gpt to write the lore yeah like it's just uh there's there's some stuff there's some stuff here the uh, and like it's, it's, it's just very little like it feels like there's very little behind the curtain and maybe there's more there might be more but the main story does not explicate it in any fashion. If they hit it, and if you draw, if you have three minutes to have it sit there and explain to me your lore, you are ex like sitting me down and telling like you've decided that that's part of the main story. You better make use of that time because I'm certainly if that's all you gave me in three minutes, I'm not sitting there and reading your codex to figure out what else might might be there. Mm. It's like in, it's an insultingly bad use of time. Fireminer asks, so does Final Fantasy 16's plot makes Final 15's look any better? And I would say 15's plot is fine. Like, it may not tell it 
perfectly, but I think it's fine. I think my response to that question would be that Final Fantasy XV's plot, whatever you want to say about it, it is less of a plot-focused game than 16 is. Yes. Because 15 is a very character-focused game. And 16 is almost monomaniacal in how much it cares about Clive's story versus how much it cares about basically anyone else's. Sid's uh, the main character. Sid's more interesting. Like, I finally, I, I just did the thing where it does Jill's story, and it's kind of just a truncated, shittier version of Clive's. And, oh man, like, they're, they're really, like, they're doing a romance between these two, but the cinematography and the actual writing has just zero chemistry between them. So the best way that they're able to hint at that is by repeatedly having NPCs say, oh, aren't you two a cute couple? And them, them being like, uh, uh? And it just, it just doesn't work. There's nothing there. They're just two people that are standing next to each other. <laughs> Oh, oh my God! Yeah. So, needless to say, I I have had not a great time. I would not have played nearly so much of the game if I, I I've been stuck indoors because uh, uh, my housemate has COVID, and I'm trying to avoid catching it while still being nearby enough for them to be able to to be able to help if they need anything. And so uh, that that's why I've been playing so much of this, even though as is obvious, I genuinely despise it um <laughs> but you know what else am i going to do that's the new game that i have uh but yeah like i think that like with with to, to espouse upon that ff15 comparison ff15 has a lot of messiness in how its plot is constructed it's very clearly the product of several rewrites uh, as it's shifted hands and shifted systems and shifted titles, uh, we we know for a fact that when it shifted from being versus thirteen to fifteen, it went through some pretty extensive gameplay and story rewrites on the basis of the fact that philosophically, Nomura, who was the director at the time, felt that a mainline Final Fantasy needed to play differently than an action RPG spinoff, and so. During that period, you were actually supposed to be able to play as all four of the main characters of Final Fantasy XV. Like there, there, there are interviews where he's talking about like, yeah, because it's the mainline Final Fantasy game, we feel we felt very strongly that you should be able to control your party, and so we're working on implementing it so that you can play as Gladiolus and Prompto and Ignis, and uh, that seems to have been dropped uh, when he departed to make sure that. Uh, Kingdom Hearts 3 and FF7 Remake were on track, but you can see that commitment in FF7 Remake, which made sure that you can play as everyone. Um, but, yeah, like, it's it's one of those things, like, this... There's so many things in this that sort of feel like a developer who has just absolutely no confidence in the player in, like, a very... A very frustrating manner like i'm i'm all for a game explaining how it should be played like i i don't mind tutorials and this doesn't really have those because they have instead chosen to just simplify and remove and pull out things until there just isn't that much game there it's 
just you know like the the combat is very simple there's no the the, the joke that i've heard pointed out is devil may cry 3 has elemental weaknesses and this game doesn't right. <laughs> like uh it's it's weird because like, it mental and okay yeah it's weird because it seems like it must have been that there were elemental weaknesses in it at some stage that were cut because every time you get a new icon set of powers, their game pops up a tutorial sort of explaining them. And the first thing that it says every time is this changes the element of your magic. And that does nothing. That has no effect. <laughs> all of the magic fires at the same rate. It all does the same amount of damage, no matter what it's hitting. And it does so little damage, you might as well not bother. It's like throwing throwing spitballs. I don't know why they <laughs> don't know why they bother. It's just not useful. And about a wind uh, elemental, and I assumed I had to switch to fire, and it's like, no, you can use wind on it. It doesn't matter. It it doesn't yeah. matter. They all do the same thing. Uh, I think my least favorite thing that's happened to me with the combat is uh, so one of the things that the game does that's very frustrating is that you have menial garden variety enemies and they'll take when they get hit they react to being hit and then you'll have enemies with stagger gauges that are like your mini bosses and your bosses and they do not react to being hit they will uh getting hit does nothing to their attack pattern it might as well like there's the only way that you can affect their attack patterns at all when getting hit is to actually directly collide your sword swing with theirs. It's the, the animations are not great at communicating when that sweet spot is. I've spotted it for some of them. For some of them, it's not for most of them. It's not really worth it because the answer to basically every enemy in combat is uh, smash the R1 button to hit those precision, precision dodges. The, Windows for them is quite generous, and then uh, counter. Uh, but uh, so the thing that's very frustrating is that you end up in these situations where you need to wait until they do their one attack that will cause them to freeze in place for like three seconds, and then you use something like gouge or uh, one of your other abilities that uses. A ton, that does a ton of stagger damage until the stagger meter goes up. When it, the stagger meter debuted in FF13, it was very much built around this idea of like you need to continually be racking in damage and like racking up stagger in order for it to work. The stagger meter is completely flat in this game. It does not, it doesn't go back down if you or go back up in this case if you aren't wailing on them. It just stops going down. It's it's a very strange choice. I don't understand why they like it, it just doesn't feel like it adds anything to have this mechanic but beyond that uh so most of the uh, so what you kind of end up doing is you wait for the enemy to get into a position where it's gonna it's it's kind of in a bad position and then you use your big attacks that have long cooldowns because those are those will charge up by the time that it uh, is open again. So I pick up this really spectacular looking move that is like, it just casts a tornado. And all of these bad aspects of the combat system come together in this tornado attack. Because the tornado attack takes forever to start up. Uh, like a full five seconds of Clive just being stuck in an animation. Uh, the tornado attack, uh, 
does not actually stop an enemy from doing anything. Like they're taking damage all the time they're in the tornado, but it doesn't actually stop them from moving or it doesn't affect their attack pattern in any fashion. The problem is that the tornado is also essentially just a giant set of visual effects that makes the enemy completely goddamn invisible. So if you're trying to wear down the enemy's health or stagger with the tornado, what you end up doing is enemy uses its attack that uh, plants it in place for a few seconds. You use the tornado. By the time you're done using the tornado, the enemy has actually been finished with its freeze attack for quite a while and has started hitting you. But also, the tornado has made it so that you can't see anything that it's doing. So the only way to deal with its attacks is to just spam the R1 button to keep dodging until and hope that you get some precision dodges. It's going to be really hard to tell because the entire screen is flooded with like effects and probably some particle effects from whatever the enemy is doing. And it just makes the entire thing a complete clusterfuck. And this is a really expensive ability, and I was very upset when I bought it, and it was that <laughs> fucking useless. Okay, I'm done. Firemaner has some more questions. Yes, yes, I saw. Uh, uh, 16, the most impersonal FF until this point. It's extremely personal. Uh, it depends upon what you mean by impersonal. Uh, I do feel like it is the one most consciously and specifically made to target an audience of non-FF fans in the entire franchise. Hmm. Uh, if you mean impersonal in terms of characterization, obviously, like some of the earlier ones that don't have characters, I would argue are more impersonal. Like this is very focused on Clive, uh, but like it is very specific to him as a person. Even if I think he as a person is pretty boring, uh, but I, I do think that it is based on what the game is and things said by its development team during the lead up to its release, it definitely feels like a game they made because they thought that's what the audience wanted rather than it being what they wanted. And every game... That's not a good place to start from. Yeah, and like every game has that push-pull of how much you make for yourself and how much you make for the audience. But this mm -hmm. is what happens when you move the bar all the way over to what you think the audience wants. And the only parts of this that feel like it's what they wanted are like the the big icon fights that are like the crescendos at the end of chapters because it's like this is what happens when someone is like I really fucking like Godzilla and Ultraman <laughs> uh, but the other thing I would say is that it does have the single silliest uh, line in uh, human history but it's not silly by virtue of what it is it's silly by virtue of who says it or I should say it's credited speaker, which is to say that there is a point in this game where uh, Ifrit is credited saying, oh, fuck. And it, why? it's why? Why? How? And why? I've never seen in my life. <laughs> I just, okay. I, I, the, the thing that I saw, that, that I said the first time I saw that was that uh, Final Fantasy wears... Uh, wears the wears an M rating like an oversized coat. Uh, it it's done it like three times. Uh, in this and Type Zero, like this is maybe one rewrite from being, uh, from being pretty easy to make a teen rated game, and honestly, probably being better in a lot of places for it. Mm. Uh, but the other thing 
that I would say about it is that, uh, or and you know, Type Zero has all sorts of its own issues with trying to be uh, Final Fantasy for grown-ups. And the only one that feels kind of comfortable in its own skin is Stranger of Paradise, and that's because that game is absolutely made by space people and completely, completely only the animal that they wanted to make, which is why it is a final. Say, from everything I've heard, Strangers of Paradise just kind of embraces the fact that it knows that it makes no sense at times, and it just has fun with that. I mean, it's it's a Final Fantasy game that starts by blasting My Way by Frank Sinatra. <laughs> They knew what they'd done. That game fucking rules. Just let me know when it's on something I can actually play. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. So that that's uh, that's that's where I am with this. Is the dodging better or worse than Tales of Arise? Of better. It's probably better. It just kind of feels worse because the combat is less abstracted than Tales. But. It's in terms of like actual responsiveness, it's better than Tales of Arise, but in terms of like how much fun I have making combos, it's worse. <laughs> what I mean by impersonal means the impact of our journey to the characters, like how personally nihilistic and cynical is FF16. It's honestly the thing that's wild about it for all that is that it like it is mostly pretty bog standard in terms of like it's not. It wants to have that, like, the the appearance of that, like, Game of Thrones darkness, but it's all kind of skin deep, and most of the underlying tropes are just very bog-standard heroic fantasy rather than dark fantasy. Yeah. You want dark fantasy, see the end of Final Fantasy Fifteen. That's some dark fantasy. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. that I feel like that game earns the emotional impact of its ending too, and I doubt anything in this game will earn that sort of. And I feel like the pieces are there. They're just like I. The way I described it, to someone was that it feels like someone on the development team was seeing the complaint that they that people find Final Fantasy stories confusing, and they misdiagnosed what that meant. Because I think that when people say Final Fantasy stories are confusing, to, to some extent, for some of them, there is what happened. Like, some of them do have a what happened situation in them. Sure. But I think a lot Final of times... Final Fantasy 15, as far as, like, what's going on in the world, can certainly be guilty of that. Yeah, yeah. The, what happened is a concern that happens. But I think much more often when people say they found the game confusing, what they're actually saying is... I don't know why it's made the way that it is. And so 16 story feels constructed to make sure that what happened is a solvable question. But it still is imbibing in a lot of these like Japanese teenage boy uh, fantasy tropes that a lot of people in a, a lot of adults in like America and English speaking countries respond to with what? <laughs> and they don't mean I don't get it. They mean I don't get why. And this is not equipped to deal with that because that's not actually an answerable question. The answer is are you on board for what it's doing? Yes. Then fine, we'll go along. If you're not on board with what it's doing, it can't explain it to you in a way that you'll become on board with what it's doing. <laughs> Uh, and 
16 feels like it's very much designed to solve the question of what, but never, but it can't address the question of why. And so that's why when you look at people responding to the last act of this game, I'm seeing a lot of like, what happened? Why is it doing this? And it's like, it's not that they don't know what happened. It's they don't know why it did that. And it's just like, it's because that's the kind of story it's telling. <laughs> like you're either in it or not. Let's see. But yeah, like it's, it's a, you know, it is very much like a personal narrative. It cares a lot about Clive and Jill. It, I don't think it does a good job of like, it, it assumes that you already care about them. And it kind mm. of has done a poor job of explaining why I should care about them. They're fine. I would describe both of them as very middle of the road characters mm. that you get when you're trying to make a game that'll appeal to a very broad sense of what's fantasy that people like in the West. Not to uh, beat like on this, this drum some more, but I feel like Sid is the one thing they've really done right in the story, and I really, again, wish he's they a just very made him... a charismatic character in a way that character. none of the others are. Yes. He's charismatic. You understand he like what he's doing in the world, world like right away. His backstory has... is interesting. He's, he's, he's everything you want in the main character. God damn it. Yep. I don't know if you've uh, how far you've gotten, so I won't talk too much about where they go with Sid, but yeah. I I don't know, but I'm assuming it's something good, is it not? I don't want to spoil anything, okay. so I won't say one way or the other. Uh, like, from what I've watched about Benedict's plot, it seems like a cheap knockoff of a good novel without any understanding of what makes a compelling bastard. Yeah, Benedict is just... I don't, I don't know what they thought they is were she doing. Dead? Uh, Spoilers. I, yeah, we'll we'll just leave that aside. Um, I can we can talk about it off the episode. Um, oh, okay. Well, no, I just so all I was gonna just add to that is yeah, when I got to the fight, um, there's an icon fight between. Oops. Just Solar. go ahead. Okay. Fine. Yeah, I was gonna say there's an icon fight between. Um, Ifrit and Garuda and it's it's like what I when I was five years old and I had action figures you just bash your action make them fight yeah. each other it reminds us it made me think of a kid playing with action figures you, you know you compared it to somebody who just really likes Godzilla and I'm like yeah that's that's accurate too mm -hmm. um and it, I, I... it has a similar problem to what there's something I noticed in Elden Ring which again great game that I love but mm -hmm. In this game, it's like I noticed you have these really weak enemies that you can easily take out in a couple hits, and they drop barely any XP and money. Like, and it's they like, might as well not have been there. <laughs> but then, then you have these other enemies that have a lot of health, take a long time to kill, and yeah, sure, you get more gold, more XP, but it's still kind of not worth it because it's so time-consuming, and you might die. And, like, I fought... A turtle, an adamant tortoise, or something. Gonna hold adamantoise. <laughs> and you have to hit it in the head. If you hit it anywhere else, then it does no damage, and you and your guy gets flinches. But like, mm -hmm. I had to stagger the freaking thing three times. So, I go back to town. It, it, this is what I'm saying. I I finish that icon fight. I go back to town. 
I buy an upgrade stuff only to find out that, oh wait, the thing I just bought and upgraded is not as good as the other thing I can make. Oh, okay. But I have like the best gear available and I'm thinking, oh cool, I'm really going to be kicking ass now. No, everything still takes the same amount of time to kill. I still have to, you know, stagger these things two to three times. It's like, what the fuck? You know? Yeah, you just you just do not feel a tangible sense of progress, which is what RPG systems are supposed to communicate to the player. Yeah. So I do like Clive. I do want to see where this goes. Yeah, there are some story elements I'm not too sure on, and, and that are bearing in mind that among us, I am definitely the outlier who doesn't think any of it works. Like okay. both of them are having mm -hmm. at least some fun with the story. Well, I'm having a blast. I, I don't like yeah. I said. I don't think this is a masterpiece or anything, but I'm having fun. Oh, oh, I've hmm. played much worse. Yeah. 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 I mean, this 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 is not is not going to be in the top tier of Final Fantasies for me, but neither am I going to put it down with Final Fantasy XI, which yeah, is trash like, garbage. Yeah, so like, y younger players don't know how many shitty NES games I grew up with and I rented for a weekend. They don't know what renting is. They don't know what video <laughs> stores are. But I'm just saying, you'd come home from school game. on Friday... <laughs> And say, Mom, can I go to the video store? No. Mom, can I go to the video store? No. Mom, can I go to the video store? Fine. And she bring you to the local... <laughs> Mom, can you, you rent me Final local... Fantasy 2? Here's Final Fantasy yeah. Mystic Quest. You know what? Final Fantasy Mystic Quest? More complex RPG than Final Fantasy True. There were worse games available for yeah. rent. I like Mystic Quest. It was no, just Quest not what I asked for. <laughs> yeah, like I mean, Gaijin just called out Lagoon. That was the that was the grand prize. Oh, of fuck, fuck Lagoon. Fuck Lagoon. So fuck. You know, you Nintendo port where the sword where you're supposed to run into things a la yeah, East, I it's supposed to be an East clone. Except the sword was literally a toothpick. Yeah. I had weird memories of that game as a kid, and finally, like when I was older, I found like this beautiful like inbox copy with manual, and I was so excited and sat down to play, and I was like, "Wow, this game fucking blows!" Yeah, you should really play the fuck, fuck my memory. <laughs> Never made it through the first level because I could not figure out how to hurt anything. Yeah, definitely. If you must play Lagoon, play the Sharp X sixty-eight thousand version. Bigger sword. Uh, bigger sword and also, you know, proper bumping combat instead of this shit. Yeah. You can play well, at least a passable East clone. The story I was trying to tell. Sorry. Go ahead, go ahead. No, no, I'm just gonna. No, it's. So you know, it's you get home from school on a Friday and you beg your parents to go to the video store. And this was before Blockbuster, so it was all these little mom and pop video stores. There were two in the town I grew up in. And so you'd we go down the there, there and, I went. <laughs> and and they charge you what a couple bucks, like three or four bucks to just rent a game three for bucks like for three days. <laughs> right. So that and that's the thing. But that was your weekend. Like you were, you know, whenever game you picked, you were stuck with it for that weekend. You better learn and to like it. The only time you got to play games because all week long it was, well, you got to do your homework first. And oh well, we gotta eat dinner first. Well, you gotta take a bath. You can't play video games right now. It's a school night. So, for three days, you could be stuck with, you know, 
Final Fantasy Bugs 16. Bunny's Crazy Castle or whatever. What, it, what was that called? Yeah. There, there was Bugs Bunny's Crazy Castle. That's a real game. Yeah, you could get stuck with that for a couple. Like, th- for a few bucks, so you could bad, be stuck but... with Horizon Forbidden West. <laughs> I had to. I had so, to promise Will that he was allowed to complain that. about that if I was going to complain about 16. Sure. So it was just. It was just wild. It was just. Um, that's. But that's why you, you went to the video store and you hoped you got something good. You, you didn't have the internet. You didn't have YouTube, so the cover art, bad dudes. Hey, they look like bad dudes. Listen, to you be know? fair, at the very least, at the end of every level, you got to hear a horrible digitized voice scream, I'm bad. I'm bad. <laughs> so, th- so that was my childhood. This is bef- There was no blockbuster. We are no. all turning into dust thinking about this. I know. So <laughs> Back in my that's, day. Uh-huh. That's why Final Fantasy 16 is not that bad it's not as bad as hundreds of nes games that i've tried <laughs> not as to bad play. as games from 30 years ago made for one one thousandth of its budget uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that, that's the thing it's that's the a fair point making it in the amount of money you would hope for a bit better yeah like the, yeah. the thing the thing that i take away from it and like i think the reason that i'm so hard on it because it's like it's the way that i described it is that most Final Fantasy games, when they when they fail at something, it's because they tried something completely insane, truly mm-hmm. deranged. Like, FF15 definitely has many things that it's not doing well, but it's because it's doing weird shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Final Fantasy XIII, doing weird shit. Because Final Fantasy VI was the first one to actually attempt to give every single character in the game a completely different sub-ability, with, sometimes with different inputs and rules involved, and a lot of them failed to do anything. But it was <laughs> One of them can brick your cartridge, but they were trying weird shit. <laughs> yes. And then you get to this, and it's like... It, I, I think that it's executing in a mediocre fashion on a singularly unambitious design. Uh, Fireminer says, is FF1 even that crazy? And I would say that in many ways it's trying to be a more Ultima 1 than Ultima? <laughs> or like an, a more Ultima 3, I suppose, would be a more fair comparison. But it's also worth noting that at the time, this vocabulary of RPGs is not as set in stone in 1987. Uh, mm-hmm. And so the choices that it's making are much more are, are much more daring for the context of the time. It's a, a wildly more complex game than it's the thing that it would be taking the most... Uh, that it would have the most inspiration to take from Dragon Quest. It's a wildly more complex game than that. It's drawing in elements of Ultima and D&D and just a lot more complex, like, RPG party building uh, that, you know, you pull from, like, wizardry or something like that, but it's trying to simplify it. And it's like, if you compare it to, you know, games that are contemporaneous with it, like Black Onyx or Miracle Warriors, they're these much, they're, they're like, it, it's making a much broader attempt how much can the pitfalls of FF16 be blamed on Yoshi P? Like, he is definitely someone who had a lot of say in the kind of game that it was. He was not its director, notably. He is only the producer. But the game design does seem to reflect a lot of the things that Naoki Yoshida has strong opinions on in various uh, interviews. That his his belief that Final Fantasy is not appealing to a broad audience, seemingly because of daunting complexity 
uh, the simplifications that are being made in 16 are very, from what I can tell, analogous to the ones made in 14. That one doesn't have, uh, for example, elemental weaknesses either, uh, just to name one thing. But, you know, it's it's one of those things like, certainly a lot of people had to agree with him. Like with any project of this magnitude, I would not blame any one person. I do think that a lot of people kind of got in their own heads about what an audience will accept and that this feels like older Final Fantasy games often would do really wild things expecting that the audience would follow them and this is a Final Fantasy that feels like it's doing very safe things because it's scared that the audience won't follow it. Uh, didn't the director of 16 also work I, on... It, hmm? it, it usually ends up being that if you're chasing too broad a demographic, and failing everything. Mm -hmm. And this isn't and, failure per se, but it is very much like you're producing something that very few people will ever love. Yeah, and the, the beauty of having something really odd and tempting more is that, you know, I mean, yes, you can fall on your face, but sometimes you'll find that people will like it even though they didn't realize that they would at first anyway. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, pacing the audience is probably the easiest way to lose the audience. Mm -hmm. oh. So, uh, Fireminer also asks, didn't uh, the director, Hiroshi Takai is likely who he's referring to, didn't they work on Saga? And they have had some associations with that franchise to my knowledge but they've done a ton of other things like they were uh they were involved early in the romancing saga games but that's like you know nearly 30 years ago uh and from saga they went on to ff11 big big wheel within ff11 uh, they were briefly drawn closer to Saga again with The Last Remnant, but I think that everyone involved in that project would be a little concerned that that project didn't do what Square wanted it to. It, like, I liked The Last Remnant, but it definitely did not capture the audience. It did not, like, the experimentation was considered to have not worked. And so I get the sense that Takai would also be someone who was very reticent about getting to... Uh, would be very reticent to get too experimental because the last project he was on that was particularly experimental very much did not do what they wanted it to. So you get like a, a group of people at the top who maybe have a reason to think that like experimenting might not be their best instinct, but I think that they played it like personally, and certainly this is not a universal opinion, but Personally, I think that they played it too safe. Okay. Uh, oh, oh my. Okay, so there's a bunch of questions in uh, the Discord that we're going to have to get to. I want to hit some of these ones in the comments, and then we'll hit some of the ones in the Discord, because Fireminer asked us to check out a couple in specific before, so that we don't miss them and push them to next uh, sure. week. Uh Okay, uh, so some quick ones from uh, the comment section. Shaman, uh, good to see you again, asks, is the only reason we got the logo for Metroid Prime 4 because they wanted to head off Howl's protest over Samus Returns being a 3DS game post-Switch? 
Uh, I don't think that's the only reason. Uh, I, I think that they would have shown it even if Samus Returns was not a thing they were making. Because the point of Metroid Prime 4 was to assure hardcore uh, gamers that the Switch was not out of games for them just because Zelda and Mario were out. Yeah, wasn't that really early on before it was that like was necessarily at the Game Awards 2017? Yeah. Okay. So, so I mean, it was very much the switch was okay. popping off at that time, but I'm sure they were was, worried that there, it was going to keep whether or not it would keep going. Yeah, there was there was no guarantee that it was not a flash in the pan. Yeah, and especially like you know the Wii popped off a ton early on, but the hardcore gamers rapidly abandoned it, yeah. and they did not want that to be a case where like the perception of the system was that people who play a lot of games don't buy it, uh, because you you need those people because people who buy a lot of games help shore up the attach rate, which is much easier to sell a third party on. Like, yes. People buy Nintendo systems for Nintendo games, but as it turns out, they'll buy your games too if they're on it. That's the thing they need to convince people of. And one of the ways you do that is get the audience that buys a lot of games. So mm -hmm. you need to assure the people at Christmas of uh, 2017 who have, like they've had their Switch for a while, they really like Zelda, they really like Mario, and they're not sure what else is for them that's coming out. And so it's like, Metroid is here, Metroid is coming. Metroid is not a franchise that they consider marketable uh, especially at the time, to a broad audience, but the core gamers really like it. That game is a sop to us. <laughs> same reason yeah. that they, same reason that they were like Bayonetta one, two, and three, all coming to the Switch. Like they were thing, they were a choice of these are things we can get hold of. Realistically, by themselves, they probably don't do. They don't make a ton of money, but they make enough. And the kind of person who cares a lot about video games will not shut up about them. Mm. <laughs> So, yeah, that's why we get the logo for Metroid Prime 4 when we do. Um, what are your favorite stories in games? And which games, if any, pulled you through on story alone when everything else was turning you off? Who do you think writes the best gaming narratives, whether individual or team? Uh, I really like Shu Takumi's work. Uh, as anyone who's ever heard me go off about how much I love Ghost Trick, please, that just came out again, please buy it. It's really good. It's perfectly self-contained. And even if you don't like Ace Attorney because you don't think it's interactive enough, this is a much more, like, this is a puzzle game. Uh, but Ghost Trick is incredible. One of my favorite stories in games. Uh, but certainly not something that pulled me through just on the strength of gameplay because it also has incredible music and wonderful art and incredible, like, gorgeous animation. That game's the whole package, but, like, Shu Takumi's work in general is really strong, I think. Uh, he's one of my favorite uh, writers. And even though I love the Ace Attorney games after he leaves just uh, to, you know, it, you definitely feel his absence when he is not on one of those projects. So question games where story pulls you through or gameplay pulls you through? Story pulls you through. Okay. Uh, Disgaea 5, which I have talked <laughs> endlessly about. It's a game whose characters and comedy and story were great. And the gameplay felt like it had run out of stuff about a quarter of the way through. Mm -hmm. uh, we're talking like an 80-hour game game here so. yeah it's a very long game yeah like as this guy tends to be um, uh, the... <laughs> no actually yeah, yeah, I, know, I know i know i know i know 
I mean, you can spend hundreds and hundreds of hours in those games, but story-wise, they're generally often like a pretty breezy. 30, 30 hours. Yeah. Tops, huh? 30, 40 hours. Not so much that one. Yeah. Uh, the the other thing I would bring up for this for favorite, uh, for like uh, games that I'll play for like narrative, even if like other aspects of the game aren't working for me. Uh, you know, I my my love of Goichi Suda's work is a matter of public record. Uh, there are definitely games where, like, I have found aspects of game design or, like, various things within it off-putting. Uh, but, you know, like, his, his stuff is always interesting enough that even if there are other things about it that's like, oh, I'm not really feeling this, I'm kind of bored of this, whatever. I want to see where things go. So, Goichi Suda would be the other one that would come to mind. Mm. You, uh, you got anyone's Gaijin? I mean... Love of the writing is not usually the first thing on my mind with a role-playing game, but um, mm -hmm. oddly enough. Um, <laughs> as far as scenario writing goes, I mean, I, I have enjoyed a, several of the most recent Atelier games. Mm -hmm. and um, Some of the Dragon Quest games took me down some pretty good rabbit holes. Not all of them. Definitely not mm. all of them. Um, Hori has a pretty unmistakable uh, voice. Yeah. It's, it's not the voice that's the problem, it's the amplification. Mm -hmm. um, modulation. Yeah, like, um, I'm pretty sure I would not have enjoyed Dragon Quest Seven on PlayStation. <laughs> Just, once yeah. again, one of those situations where even if all of your content is good, sometimes you just need to chop bits of it out to, for the sake of pacing. Being editorial, which is why I'd probably say Chrono Trigger is like number one here for me. So. Yeah, that's 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 a perfect game. <laughs> it's a very well edited game. Um, Singing Mountain infamously cut simply because it affected the pacing. Yep. <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, I don't even, I can't even really name anyone specifically who writes these. Um. But I mean, it's it's generally more obvious when it's a like a licensed title where they are they have to use uh, like plot beats from something else. Like oh, stick a truth. <laughs> I had some of the some of the most interesting writing I've ever seen, and very well done. And yeah, because um, it was very obviously a South Park episode. <laughs> it's uh, exactly what you would expect from it. Yep. No more, no less. Yeah, quite a bit more, yeah. <laughs> uh, Joe, you got any, or...? Where only the story got me to the end? Mm-hmm. Hmm. So I, I'm thinking I can't think of anything specific. Um, and the, the, Well, this is an RPG show, and I'm, I'm just trying to think of RPGs. It's okay to say things that aren't RPGs, if that'll help. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, so, I mean, just the other day I was revisiting Gone Home, mm. and the gist of the game is you're just exploring this very big house and just 
inspecting objects and reading documents and that's it the whole game is just walk around and inspect things but there's a good enough story there where the lore entries are meaningful like you you uncover like so the girl's dad actually got a book published and then you find all these documents about how he tried to get a sequel published and nobody would take it and then you find out that the parents are in marriage counseling because the mom was cheating on the dad with the coworker, and they live in the house because the mom's brother you know the uncle molested her as a girl and then gave her the house in his will and it's so you know what i mean and you uncover that the little sister is now a lesbian and it's so it's yeah it's the gameplay is all i'm doing is walking and looking at things but the story is like, okay, well, wait a minute. I actually kind of care about these characters that I haven't even met. This is interesting. Yeah. Very much uh, very much one of those things where the writing must carry it because it truly is like right. an, a medium to dispense the writing. Yeah. And which is, which is not to knock the game design because the game design is designed as a way to, you know, sell that concept. Like the, the two are designed case... in tandem. This was well done, and it got—I—I hmm. I, I wouldn't say it—it it did get a game of the year at Game Awards or something, which I don't necessarily agree with, but it's still yeah, it's an understandable and choice. It—it it was just very well done. It's only about three hours long, so if it had been ten or twenty hours, I might be saying, "Oh, what the hell," you know, <laughs> terrible. Um, yeah. yeah, there's 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 something to be said for knowing how much uh how long you have how much time you have to tell how much story you have and how much time you're telling taking to tell it <laughs> yeah and, and then the other game i was gonna i'm just thinking of now like i mean i love mass effect 2 and hmm. but the thing is what is the gameplay the gameplay is a pretty standard third person cover-based shooter mm. and that's not quite as smooth as like let's say gears of war or uncharted <laughs> um but great writing great story i liked all of the characters each character had their own mission you had to do mm -hmm. and it was like i actually wanted to do all of them you know like garrett yeah. and jack and i think miranda the... everybody everybody yeah. hates miranda but i thought she was cool i, I think know. the gameplay in two is a lot better than you're giving it credit for credit for like if you're talking one like that game could be a mess but the story definitely carries you through. But two, I feel like, yeah, maybe it's not as pinpoint I mean, great a cover shooter like Gears is. But I think it's really fun. And so, they, it's pretty well put together. Yeah. But I mean, well, I, think I, I feel point... like the way I would put it, and I think that right. uh, I, I get... Okay. No, I was just going to say that, yeah, I mean, I I like the gameplay. What I'm saying is that this was an instance that I could think of just off, off the top of my head. Where, I get like, you. I get you. The story carried it more so than the gameplay. Yeah, I, I get, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, get you. I, I guess what I would say was that uh, Mass Effect 2's gameplay is, is solid. It's pretty good. But I would say that it was also at a time when that kind of game was <sighs> extremely, extremely common. And without the quality of its writing, you would not give it a second glance. Mm. Not because it was bad, but because there was so much that was better in the same style. That's fair. And so I think that that's, that's a fair cop as like one that like, the st even though the gameplay isn't bad, it really is the story and writing that have to carry it. Mm. 
um, I'm trying to think. There's a that does remind me of. Oh yeah, the the story is the only thing that carried me through Dragon Age Inquisition. I, I would not have and <laughs> had in fact not finished on the basis of the gameplay I found extraordinarily tedious in many places. So the story is what carried me through that video game. I had the exact opposite feeling <laughs> on that game. Like I really like just exploring the areas and finding like collectibles and just fighting enemies, closing rifts. But I thought the story was bad. Like, um, we find out that what was the guy's name? Corsifius or something? Corifius. Corifius. Like, I didn't find him to be a very compelling villain. He's not. But no. the story, and... the, the the plot is not what I'm getting at when I say the story. I mean, like, interest in the characters kept me going, basically. Yeah, no, I was interested in the characters, but like, for me, the game it, it was gameplay that pulled me through. Actually, Dragon Age Two is another example of like that was pure gameplay for me i just really liked the combat and stuff like the story was kind of crap yeah uh, i couldn't so. disagree more i think that the, okay. the story <laughs> characters in two are very strong okay hmm. so yeah so this thing so when that, that question comes up my my thought is oh i can think of a hundred games where the story i didn't i couldn't, couldn't care less about but I, the gameplay pulled me through it's like no i mean I think I do care more about gameplay. Like I can still go back and play like NES Tetris for a couple hours and mm. lose track of time. You it know? very much depends on the genre, of course, oh, as well. That that too. Yeah. Well, what, so while I mean, we're talking about Dragon Age, uh, I thought the first game gameplay wise, and I played the PC version, and this makes a difference. Oh, yeah, that, by the, the way, kind of garbo. Yep. Yeah. Is I thought the gameplay sucked, but the story got me through that. Mm-hmm. Or I would have, like, like you can off tell because the way the utter, the utter worst parts of it are the parts where the story disappears for like three to four hours, and yep. it's just you're left with the gameplay. <laughs> That's true. Oh. Uh, okay, I wanted to. Sorry, I don't mean to tamp down on anything, but I wanted to hit some questions that Fireminer had had in sure. the Discord before we forget. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, since people, uh, so oh god, he he is egging us into more F sixteen discussion. Uh, uh, why? I've seen people stubbornly saying F sixteen does not bring anything new to the character action formula, even though it's not really a character action game. So why bother? Is the context for FX FF's existence made it impossible for the mainline games to be just good enough? A game that takes seven years can't afford to be just good enough. I think we've covered at least two aspects of this question previously. Mm-hmm. It was Over one of those things where... Minutes. Yeah, it was one of those situations where he asked us to hit those questions, so I wanted to bring that up. But yeah, uh, my, my answer would be, uh, just to just to do the quick version, is a game that takes seven years can't afford to be just good enough. I, I think I said something like that. Yeah. Because it's like, you know, it's, it's a fucking... <laughs> FF17 will likely be coming out around the time I'm turning 40. Like, <laughs> I it, it it needs to be better than that. I'm sorry. Well, actually, you know what? Just I just thought of Final Fantasy 15, which I didn't mm -hmm. get that far into, and we already covered this. But it's like I really liked the characters, mm -hmm. and even though I didn't like the combat that much, it was like 
fine, I'll put up with the lousy combat because I do want to see what happens to Noctis. So that could be a case of the story kind of carrying me, but also um, just, you know, we've compared and contrasted different Final Fantasy games already, and you're right, like, you know, um, I can see how 16 is this, is very character focused on just that one character, and it's trying to be like a Devil May Cry style action game while not quite pulling that off. Um, or understanding and... why it's not pulling it off. Right. And it's, so, it's... um... Yeah, it's just yeah. trying to please too many masters. Uh, yeah, that's what I would say. But yeah, it, it's one of those things. Like, I don't think that like it, games, by the context of their mechanics, create expectations for themselves, fairly or unfairly, and yeah. the context of the mechanics for uh, and the marketing itself. Uh, yep. The marketing was very, very interested in highlighting. We poached one of the lead designers for Devil May Cry 5 to make sure this combat would be of that kind of quality. And they were very specific in trying to highlight this in press material. You've got interviews with the combat designer where he's like, this is the finest combat I've ever made. This is my masterpiece, blah, 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 blah. That was the thing they were trying to, to some extent, they were trying to sell people who care a lot about action games. This Final Fantasy game can bring you in because it has combat of that quality. And that opens it up to a context and a criticism that you didn't necessarily have with some of these other games that have tried the action combat in the past, like 15, where it's like, that game. That game's combat is deeply flawed, much more mechanically flawed than 16's. But it's also very much not patterned after better combat. Hmm. It's not patterned in such a way as to draw to mind combat that works better than what it is, because it's very different from the way that other action RPGs function. And you could argue that it doesn't function that well. And there's certainly an argument. I think it works fine. But the point is that it's certainly a fair argument to be made. But it doesn't draw those unflattering comparisons to mind when you're playing it. Uh, so it, it comes down to what it is. And when you draw those comparisons to mind by the mechanics and marketing and the, the language of both design and sales, you create those comparisons within the mind of the audience. And maybe it'll be easier in the future for people to divorce that, but you also run into the fact that like, it's, it's just, I, I've been saying this since the game was announced when I had my initial issues, but there's a reason this kind of action game ain't 50 hours long. Mm -hmm. There's not enough variety in the world to sustain that. And I have, I went through a dungeon that repeated two bosses from like 10 hours prior, one after the other, 10 minutes apart. And it was, it made it feel more exhausting because the way I fought them hadn't changed at all. And so that's that's kind of the issue you run into is that like there isn't enough like Devil May Cry games are twelve hours long. When you're four to five times that length, you're you're 
and your combat is simpler, you're really, really, and your RPG elements are so simple, you run into this issue of just there's not a lot of feeling of progression or variety in it all. Even when you try to add new things, it kind of fades into each other because there's only so many new things you can afford to add. Uh, it'd be it, cool if, you know, to give it some more depth, they, like, you know, inserted, like, the job system from Final Fantasy and then maybe made the game take itself less seriously <laughs> bit too and, you know, included a bunch of references to classic Final Fantasy games. So for those not paying attention, he's just describing Final Fantasy. Yes. Stranger Paradise. Yes. <laughs> But yeah, it, it's just one of those things like it, it just you you do have to be careful about when you when you design things just in the language of when in the language of the game design, what comparisons you're causing the audience to make subconsciously like this functions like X. And so people who play a lot of games are going to end up making those comparisons rightly or wrongly. And you need to try to you know you need to do something for that also uh far as i can tell and based on hearsay i've heard about later in the game no cactuars no tonberries zero out of ten um (laughs) (laughs) and that's a very legitimate scoring system right there (laughs) listen stranger paradise Stranger Paradise, Cactuars, first dungeon. Absolutely absurd. Watch these big burly men get, like, absolutely get their asses kicked by this, like, tiny cactus man that can, that doesn't look like it should be able to move. Yeah. <laughs> Greatest thing I've ever oh, that's seen. That's Final Fantasy right there. Yeah. But yeah, so that's, that's kind of my thoughts on uh, this, is that, like... Being just good enough doesn't work when there's this much money and this much marketing and this much trying to like really push the idea that like this is the the creme de la creme of like what you can do when you have this very focused team making the the best action RPG that they can think of, or really just action game with RPG elements, really, if we're being honest. Um you you set up expectations, and sometimes they're ex- they are comparisons that are not going to be flattering. Okay, and the other question you asked us to make sure to hit and to skip a couple questions to make sure to hit. What are you going to say? No, I was I was going to. I think we've talked enough about Final Fantasy 16. I mean, all I was going to say is mm-hmm. I think Devil May Cry succeeds because it's not an RPG because you have the combo <laughs> system, the score yes. system. My thought was in in 16, gee, what if it had a combo system and what if getting the higher combos by playing better got you more XP or more money? I'm like, well, no, that would break the game. Then you would level up (laughs) too fast and then you'd have way too much money. And it's like, okay, so maybe it just wasn't really a good fit for an RPG. You know, yeah, that, and that, there, and there is yeah. in in the very oh man, it's it's still really weird every time that the game reminds me of this. If you go into arcade the mode. arcade mode <laughs> oh, of various version of various dungeons, the game does start grading you on combo variety, but it's like it's an object lesson in why that exists. Because I know a ton of people that that cannot play Devil May Cry because it's constantly grading them. They feel bad when it gives them like a low grade. But the reason that Devil May Cry has to constantly grade you is that it's an extrinsic thing that's telling you, change what you're doing. 
use all of your moveset because if you don't then the grade is telling you that you're not being stylish enough and that forces you to make interesting use of the of the combat and to just close out the ff16 ranting one of the things that it that has an issue is that if an enemy is just a fodder enemy you can just kind of do whatever and it it really won't matter like you can just keep mashing the square button it won't matter you can just you can use charged attack plus uh like the garuda grab that pulls them to you over and over and over until their health runs out and it won't matter you can charge attack grab and lunge or like dash like all of these things will work and none of them works any better than any of the others because they all do roughly the same amount of damage (laughs) the enemy might get ragdolled around more by one or the other but like they'll it'll die in about the same amount of time and that's that's a big problem because you know you need to find and you need to give certainly for a large portion of some some of the player base will use every move just because they do that's the kind of people they are but for a lot of us you need to have something that incentivizes using moves and a lot of the a lot of the moves there's just not an incentive to use them if they're if they're more complicated like why would i bother they it doesn't appreciably add to what i'm doing on that same vein do people with the recent star ocean games give them a pass when it came to not having anything that quote unquote new simply because they aren't enough people talking about it to create a discourse or is it because people know how cash straps trace is and that star ocean almost died it's another case like tony hawk that you've talked about a few episodes ago i would say that it's more there aren't a lot of games that do the weird combination of things that star ocean does so like one of the things i liked about star ocean 6 was the weird like pseudo flight mechanic which doesn't per se add a ton to the game other than make the world feel real by having it be a 3d place that you can fly around uh but it's also like we found out about star ocean 6 like six months before it came out and it didn't have the same set of expectations placed upon it because why why would it (laughs) there's there's nothing to indicate that and the fact that it does try to do as much as it does with the smaller amount of resources it has you know people like an underdog (laughs) uh i almost picked that up during um well there's a whole bunch of sales that have been going on but gamestop was doing buy to get one on used games and I was thinking about doing Soul Hackers 2 because that was 30 bucks, and Star Ocean was 30 bucks. And then I don't know, maybe I picked up something else, but it's like, okay, but now they, you have to spend $79 to avoid an $8 shipping charge. And I'm like, nope, sorry. It's a trap. It. All it's the, a trap. All those buy two, yeah. get one sales are a trap because it seems like they such a great are. deal, but in like 99% of the cases, you're getting two games you don't want. Right. And of course, so. they, they also kind of exist to just clear out inventory that they're having trouble right. selling. <laughs> yeah. So I would like to play Star Ocean 6, and I saw some of the mediocre reviews, the mixed reviews on Steam, but I'm like, you know what, though? I played the demo, and you know, I know what I'm getting with this game. I know I'm getting a lower budget Dragon Quest or Final right. Fantasy I'll type right game, and... I'm okay with that, right? And if I can it's the get setting it, of expectations. 
Right. If I can, and if I can get it for thirty bucks, no problem. You know. So, you know. Hmm. Yeah. All right. If it's a reduced cost, it's like so. But but like yeah, for a seventy dollar game that's been marketed and hyped so much, it's like I do have certain expectations, right? So. <laughs> Okay. Uh, do we have any non-Final Fantasy 16 questions? <laughs> I was gonna say I'm sorry. I didn't mean to almost get back. At some point, derailed the conversation. Yeah, no. Yeah. Let's just, I, I'm pretty sure that my place on the podcast is chief uh, chief conductor of the derailment express, but. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, an addendum to the third question. How much do people still remember about Wolf Team? It's like me and four other people carrying a torch about Wolf Team. I'm sorry. What is Wolf Team? Wolf Team, if you go very far back, Wolf Team was a company spun out of a company that has not existed in many years called Nihon Telenet. Uh, Wolf Team made a bunch of quirky, weird uh, action and RPG games for Japanese computers and consoles in the late 80s, early 90s. And eventually... Uh, started working on a game called Tales of Fantasia. Tales of Fantasia. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, okay. So, so Wolf Team eventually makes uh, Tales of Fantasia. Uh, they seek out a publisher. They find one in Namco who demands a bunch of changes last minute. And there's a big the title. <laughs> yeah from Tale Fantasia. But okay. uh, uh, Tales of Fant they like the company officially accepts, but a bunch of people leave the company and form Triace, who yep. creates Star Ocean One. Okay, and, and I know Triace. On the other end, okay. the other end Wolf St Wolf Studios currently Tales Studio. Yeah, Wolf Team eventually becomes Namco Tales Studio. Yeah. Okay, I believe is, um, shortly I'm after Tales of Destiny. Yeah, that's the that's the studio that made Tales of Hearts and the. Argent Frog RPG and a bunch of others. Basically, That's all the like, Tales of games. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah. the first two for the DS were not them. Yeah, yeah. I, I, all the okay. all the ones that all not all of them, but most of the Tales games, other than Legendia, Tempest, uh, Innocence, mm -hmm. and some of the some of the spinoff games. The uh, Tales of the World games were almost were largely idea not idea factory. Um, blah, 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 blah. what was that studio? Oh. Hmm. <laughs> I'm trying to remember what that studio was because I know what you're talking about, but no, they made Linda Cube, and they're right like like they're literally three uh, miles away from me right now. Oh, yeah, uh, then, Alpha System. Yeah, Alpha System. Oh, I was like, it's not, I know it's not idea yeah. factory. Why am I saying idea factory? <laughs> uh. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> no, no. Um, but yeah. So that's, yeah, that's what Wolf Studio is. Like, me and five okay. other people still care about them. <laughs> yeah, because I haven't played much of the Tales games, but I did play a, a few hours of Tales of Berseria. That's pretty much And I liked that. But, gee, what was the story in that game? The little boy <laughs> dies, and she goes totally berserk and wants revenge and gets evil powers? What? Yeah, people uh, people have been making that comparison quite a bit since 16 came Okay. Out, we're not talking about 16 anymore. We're I done. know, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's fine. You, it's you fine. brought up Tales of, and I'm like, oh god. Oh, no, no, that's, a, that's a good comparison, though. Final Fantasy 16 is very much a B-tier RPG, like a Tales game. <laughs> god. 
Okay, okay, move on. Different no, no, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm not saying I'm not saying that as a bad thing. <laughs> no, we're not even saying the talking is saying that. Okay, right, thing. we're saying okay. we've talked about sixteen so That's true. much. <laughs> okay, uh, let's let's hit a couple non-sixteen related questions. I know it's just, I just oh, Jesus can't stop. I just keep God. going back to it no matter what I do. <laughs> I'm gonna hit something that's very much not Final Fantasy. Uh, Twenty-seven gigabytes we'll to, to download the Final Fantasy X collection. God damn it! Am I weird to think that spin-off DQ games have been doing a much better job than the mainline tail uh, games at pulling in mainline titles at pulling in new players? I mean, that's what spin-offs are. The spin-offs are kind of meant to do. Uh, I don't actually know if there's data to back that up. I don't think there is. In, at the very least, you can say that the spin-offs fill a space because. And there's just so much time in between main series. Yeah, it's based on what we've heard about DQ12. That game's probably at least still three years off. Well, let me tell Probably's you, Dragon Quest Builders Two. Yeah. Okay. Dragon okay, Quest sorry. Builders Two. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was just gonna say, Dragon Quest Builders Two is amazing. Okay. That, is a that game, game actually was probably the like the Builders games were probably some of the best at dragging in like new children just on the uh -huh. basis of i liked minecraft this is minecraft but like based on that thing my dad likes well yep. for me it was minecraft but there's quests mm -hmm. and rpg elements and i actually want to play this and the graphics don't make me barf you know? <laughs> but yeah <laughs> Uh, I think I think among the spinoffs, that's probably one of the more successful at actually bringing in new players that might not have played Dragon Quest before. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, and okay. maybe someday I'll finish Eleven. Who knows? I hope so. It's really good. It's really long. It's true. For some reason, my brain thought of Final Fantasy Eleven. Why? I don't know because we've been because I'm staring at Final Fantasy on my screen. We've been talking about Final Fantasy 16 all night. I got Final Fantasy on the brain. Okay, we're moving. Do you sometimes fire up your old console solely to make sure they still run? I have to do oh, that. Yeah. Oh, thank you for reminding me. I need to do that with my Vita soon. Yeah, I do that with handhelds every so often, just because of the nature months. of lithium-ion batteries. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Tend to have to completely do all the time reboot with... the thing every year. Yep. Yeah, PS3 and Wii U, I did that with until I sold them. And yeah, I mean, charge, so I don't charge up all the 3DSs at some point. Yeah. So now I only have the three newest: the Switch, PS5, Series X. But um, but even those those mini consoles that I have that I hacked and everything, every once in a while I'll turn on the NES or Genesis mini console just to. And then be like, okay, what what did I put on here? Oh yeah, okay. What well, you know, mm -hmm. which NES games did I actually want to play on here? And yeah, so I think my favorite of the mini consoles was actually uh, the Turbo one. It's a shame that that one was the hardest to get hold of. One I, I can't. Never got that one. I will not pay four hundred dollars to some scalper asshole. Wait, that's how much yeah. they cost now? Sweet Jesus! Something like that, three hundred yeah. or four hundred. Yeah, it's not worth that, day. but like if you got it at the time when it first came out, it's like, oh, this is like dozens of really neat games that aren't yeah. actually re-released that often. Hey, that's that's still one. cheaper than a copy of Yokai Watch Three. Really? Yeah, what I, the fuck? I happened to it happened to come up in some unrelated Amazon search 
for like four hundred and forty eight dollars. But that's 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 probably not what it actually goes for. It's probably cheaper on eBay. I really, I really wanted to to play Yokai Watch, but I just didn't like the 3DS that much, and I didn't play it that much. And every once in a while, I would try to turn it on just to make sure it worked, and I had to find the stupid charger and plug it in. I'm shaking my fist in your direction. (laughs) (laughs) So, I really wanted when when I found out, I saw you stream it. Some Yokai Watch J- Japan only Switch game. I'm like, why won't they localize it? I want to play that one. Was it three? It was it was been. was it a 3DS one? No, it was a whichever one was on the Switch. But I think oh it was Japan yeah, only. that was four that never that got announced for localization that never happened. <laughs> that was that was the real cruelties. Like they announced Yokai Watch four for English release and then level five. Like they never even officially canceled it. They just. Hello? Oh my god, did Discord just crash? God, am I out of disk space? Uh-oh. Well, that's bad. Hold, please. Yeah, uh, we might be back into recording shortly, so... Alright, am I back? Are we back? Yeah, you're back. Okay. I think we're back. I just ran out of hard drive space, and that kind of caused all kinds of bad shit to happen. Oh, what the fuck? (laughs) Yeah. Hard drive space? Yes, sir. That's rough. Sorry, man. Were you able to clear some stuff out, or...? Yeah, I have some podcast files that definitely need clearing up, so... 
Okay. Because like, uh, I, down, I download the whole Twitch stream. Yeah, so and I then you never some, actually get rid of it. <laughs> I, I'm usually pretty good about that. I had some sitting around, so... Alright, we should be good the rest of the way. Oh, okay. hang on. Um, level 5 did White Knight Chronicles. Yes. Yeah, yeah that game sucks ass. Yes, it did. Yes, it did Nino Kuni. They mm -hmm. did. Yeah. Uh, so Fireminer. <laughs> get the better version of that. I'm not sure where we cut out. I think it was right when you were talking about how they announced announced four for localization, and then their English operations just kind of died. Happen. Yeah. Yeah. And we're uh, basically just going over how their last three, actually two reboot attempts and a new IP multimedia IP all failed. Yeah. Yeah. Or at least did not did not succeed up to expectations. I was just looking at how um, level level five gave up naming rights to the Fukuoka Soccer Stadium uh, three years ago now. Yeah, that would have been a really expensive thing to maintain. So that was a reasonable cost to cut. Uh, I'm surprised that they actually held on to it for a full decade. Yeah. Uh, I mean, granted, granted, most of that was just because it was like the single best advertising they could ever get for Inazuma Eleven. But still. it made perfect sense they had Inazuma Eleven, and I would imagine that they were probably like bound up in paying for it for in like five year chunks at the very smallest, just because of how that kind of naming right works. But yeah. oh, Fire uh, Miner asked, it's, "Level it's five is still game, still dying?" Which I I don't. Yeah, that's think what we were answering. I don't. The answer so. is that they seem to have retreated back into trying to make games that will succeed. Like, uh, they're they're bringing back Professor Layton. They've brought in like a new set of puzzle designers. Yeah. Uh, they're bringing back. Uh, they're they're bringing in Deca Police, which pro looks like it has the potential to be built into a multimedia franchise. But it seems like they're trying to make sure it's a successful game first. Yeah. They've so. got a new Fantasy Life game coming in, and got Megaton mm -hmm. Musashi. Multiple, yeah. Multiple, yeah. Uh, a new, a third game actually. Okay. Fantasy um, Life One. Uh, I, the girl who steals time. Yeah. yeah. I'm okay. not sure how um, the sequel did, but like Nino Kuni One was a success for them, and that would that's not super far. In the past. That was ten years ago. Was it ten? Years ago? Yeah. Old. Did the sequel? Was the sequel a success? I don't even know. I think it did fine. Okay. Also, I, I liked it. I thought two was better than one. Yeah. Fireminer's asking us to do the last two questions that he asked in the Discord for shits and giggles. So let's hit these since we're it's getting late. Um, have I asked just how sanitized mascot platformers in the early 90s were that Sonic was considered to have attitude? Or is his attitude simply a product of Sega marketing and the cartoons? It's mostly in the marketing. Okay. Yeah. Remember like, the uh, commercial? It was like a librarian or something. She's like, "You little brat!" And yeah, I, mm -hmm. I just remember that for some reason. Or them doing them showing like, "Oh, here's here's what Mario looks like," and it's just showing like some very slow footage of Super Mario World, like someone playing it as slowly as humanly possible, and they replaced the music with like doof music. And then like here's Sonic, and then it's just like. You know the the him running through fucking loop to loops or whatever, and it's like yeah, yeah, that was very much. Uh, and you look at how he's generally portrayed uh, when 
Sega of Japan takes the wheel on. He's a he's a very straight laced hero character. <laughs> like uh, attitude was very much something thrust upon him by the nature of '90s marketing. <laughs> Everything has to be extreme with as many X's in as possible. Yeah, bring bring back the uh, pseudo philosophical rambling of Japanese Sonic covers. You ever you ever read what's on these? It's all in English and it's very strange. I'm gonna pull this up because it's. I feel that it is important to repeat verbatim. Uh, Okay. A commercial they did for, uh, or, or it was a YouTube ad for um, Sonic Mania, the collector's edition. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. <laughs> there was also a play on like an old Sonic Two ad. Right. That's what it. Yeah. Sprite Scott. Damn it! Why is this? I hate that Google sucks now. Um. Now. So we could say Sonic it's... Two was kind of too fast and too furious. Uh... <laughs> Uh, okay. Uh, uh, <laughs> streak speeds by uh, the hedgehog. Too fast for the naked. Sonic the well hedgehog. Well then, yeah. So Jaleel White and the Chili Dogs and all that—that that was, uh, that was cool. Yeah, and entirely a uh, invention of the. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah. Okay, I need to go to... Uh, it used to be that, like, you could at least, if you were looking for something very obvious, you could fucking find... Uh... These, uh... These kinds of things on Google, and now you can't! Google, Google, Google sucks. Switch to Bing. It's... Still bad, but better. Yeah. I'll see get Microsoft rewards. I'm I'm learning. I'm not actually learning. Are you at least being paid? I hope so. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> I mean, I'm being paid in Microsoft rewards. Does that count? Not enough. <laughs> I forgot to schedule my grocery delivery. (gasps) Well, they do same day delivery now, so I have until 10 a.m. to do it. So it's like, okay, let's jump on here now. Yeah. And if tomorrow's not available, I can still get Saturday, I'm sure. Okay, there we go. I've got it. I've got it. So, Pearl of Wisdom. (laughs) What's that? What were we talking about again? Uh, the the pearls of wisdom on the Japanese Sonic the Hedgehog covers. Oh, as revealed to us through the magic of Bing. Yes, that. Um, <laughs> so underneath the title of Sonic the Hedgehog is the pearls of wisdom. Don't just sit there and waste your precious time. When you want to do something, do it right away. Do it when you can. It's the only way to live a life without regrets. <laughs> I don't know why that's in English on the Japanese Sonic the Hedgehog cover. I don't know, but I appreciate it. Uh, it's nowhere near the craziest. Uh, let me see if I can find this. Sonic the Hedgehog 3, I think, has the weirdest one. Uh, one of them, uh, one of my personal favorites, has a 
uh, <laughs> I think this was actually inside like the manuals in Japan or something, but one of them has uh, a English quotation that just says, ask not what others can do for you, ask what you can do for others. And then it's, it's, quote, it's a quotation accredited to Sonic. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know <laughs> what the fuck happened there. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I don't know that I will ever understand why that's in there. Okay. Um. Let's see, where's the box art for? Okay. Goddamn wikis. Uh, Sonic three box art. Um, I'm sorry, I just, I need these, uh... Ah, uh, this is hell. This is hell! Mm-hmm. Uh... No, 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 Okay, let me see if I can find this by... The quote is unmistakable. Uh, okay. Um, okay. The Japanese box art for, oh, I guess it's Sonic and Knuckles, has the words, Sonic races through the green fields. The sun races through a blue sky filled with white clouds. The ways of his heart are much like the sun. Sonic runs and rests. The sun rises and sets. Don't give up on the sun. Don't make the sun <laughs> laugh at you. Okay. Never understood what that was meant to communicate, but they felt it was important to put it on the Japanese Sonic and Knuckles cover for some reason. So I felt that that needed to be transmitted once again to make sure that no one is ever allowed to forget. Uh... Just the, the the many questionable choices made. <laughs> uh, okay, last question that Fireminer was asking that we check out. What is the definition of mascot in Mascot Platformer? If being the face of a multimedia franchise is that important, then wouldn't it mean the creators are constrained to profitability and target demographic when it comes to designing mascots? In other words, can Philadelphia's Gritty be the star of its own media empire? Can he do that while chopping the heads off other teams' mascots and giving them endoscopies like he has threatened many times? Um, yes. What? I <laughs> hope so. <laughs> I bet we'd end up being a game like Sick of Truth at the end. Okay. <laughs> oh, God. Um, <laughs> I, I, and that's not even being sarcastic or anything, because that is, in fact, very much like what you would find. In <laughs> Listen, I think people love Gritty. <laughs> I know, I was gonna say, people keep making fun of Gritty, and I'm like, I think he seems pretty cool. I, I don't know. Nah, Gritty owns. Uh, make Gritty fight Green Man. <laughs> I mean, part of, part of the thing with at least the original form of mascot former is the characters were not designed to be mascots originally, they were just so popular they became mascots. Mm -hmm. There was a very specific kind of character that ended up springing up around Sonic becoming popular. Uh, they're very much a you know them when you see them, rather than having like specific thought processes around them. And and historically, any case or any attempt to engineer a successful mascot platformer has 
not worked well. Um, Limited to test. Z. Big fan of, uh... <laughs> Big fan of the one that was named Socket in English, and then the game was rechristened Time Dominator First in Japan. <laughs> huh. Incredible name. Yep. Love Time Dominator First. Can't get enough. But... <sighs> yeah. Yeah. But... Well, yeah, usually with a mascot platformer, the game comes first and the mascot just happens to become popular. Yeah. Um, and attempting to force it the other way, you end up with actually something that's unpleasable to any, or cannot please anybody. Yep. You have put the cart before the horse. Or in it's at least fun. one instance, you decide what the mascot character was actually going to be, so you just left your placeholder in and suddenly mm. Kirby is a thing. Kirby was... Kirby is the, the rare, beautiful exception, though. Adorable is, little... Is Conker a big success, asks Fire Miner. Conker <laughs> is someone realizing that there was no path to success following the template they were given. <laughs> and so Conker became a success by ripping apart the template. Yeah, I was going to say, Conquer is very much a deconstruction of the mascot type. Conquer, for those unaware of Conquer's Bad Fur Day's weird development history, it entered development before Banjo-Kazooie as 12 Tales <laughs> Conquer 64. And then uh, Banjo-Kazooie was a troubled project that needed direction, and so they started copying elements mm. from Conquer 64. And then Conquer 64... Uh, was sort of the le lower priority project because they needed to get things like D uh, D Diddy Kong Racing out, so it kind of went by the wayside. By the time that they were ready to get that, to start prepping that again, Banjo-Kazooie had come out, and it, it and Banjo-Kazooie were kind of the same game. So <laughs> Conquer kind of languages for a few years in development while they try to decide what its identity is until one of the people who was like uh, a key developer on Killer Instinct was told, hey, do you want to try to fix something? Do you want to try to, like, take what's made and make something out of it? And he's like, yeah, sure. Wow. Just let me do whatever. <laughs> and so, uh, and you the... a game about a squirrel who wakes up from a massive bender completely hung over and <laughs> how things start and they get worse. Yeah, yeah it's, it's very influenced by what movies he'd been watching and a healthy dose of South Park. <laughs> and probably several fifths of Jack. Oh, definitely, um, definitely. I scare birdies. Um, but, yeah, it's a... Uh, I would call it a success on the basis of if they hadn't done what they did with Bad Fur Day, they simply would not have released that game. Like, it just never would have come out. So, in that sense, it is a success by virtue of developing a cult following and coming out at all. But yeah, and I've always respected that uh, Chris Seaver, the kind of brains behind Bad Fur Day. There, there was a period where they wanted to make a sequel that never... the only R-rated game ever on the Nintendo 64. <laughs> the irony is that that version is less censored than the Xbox remake. Um, but <laughs> It's true. <laughs> it's extremely weird. Yeah. Wow. Um, I don't know. Um... But the the other thing I wanted to say about it was that Chris Seaver was 
uh, one, like when Rare Replay came out, they sort of asked him, like, because there had been plans for Conker's Bad for a day sequel on the Xbox at various points throughout that period. It never got off the ground, but they sort of asked him, asked him in an interview in Rare Replay, like, would you ever make a sequel? And he's like, I'm not the person to make a sequel anymore. Like, you, you need to be, like, you know, just sort of young and not giving a fuck and i'm you know i'm kind of an older guy now i I'm, i don't have that attitude anymore someone else would have to make a sequel for it to be in spirit with the original and yeah that's that's a fair that's a fair cop uh, yeah so that's uh just reminded that dragon the 99 dragons is supposed to have was supposed to have its own multimedia franchise man dragon the 99 dragons we could talk about that for hours and i will someday but not <laughs> finish this out uh gaijin tell me tell me about princesses and crowdfunding so for the past yeah starting last week about this time for the past week i've been running a crowdfunder campaign to to raise money in support of Princesses of the Pizza Parlor. Will, because... did, that, uh, did that link get into the episode description? Uh, it did not. God Sorry, damn. I forgot. Added it, in, added it in after this. Okay. I mean, it was a last minute mention last week anyway. Um... Yeah, but I'm, I'm just going to say, like, just I'm just going to send Wales a reminder to make sure he's edited it in by tomorrow morning. Yes. Um, just... Um acquaintance on Twitter suggested I try this simply because crowdfunders doing a young adult authors or fantasy authors month and okay sure I managed to get in on that and it has not really gone anywhere don't really have many expectations unfortunately it's interesting to see where it goes fingers um, crossed fingers crossed yeah um it's um, there to help, uh, really just to help get um, with some of the bigger expenses of self-publishing, like working out your own cover art, hmm. which is usually complicated and messy and not cheap. <laughs> yeah, and and do not mention any of the AI generative platforms because that is yeah that gets you nowhere <laughs> nowhere <laughs> um yeah, different different twitter acquaintance has um just recently managed to sue her publisher back for frights to her own works after oh, the good work because after the publisher um put up a um or put up a proposed cover for her new book not only does it not really resemble anything in the book, does not really seem to feature the characters from the book, but it's also unmistakably AI produced. Oh, Lord. Yeah. And she was able to successfully argue that simply <sighs> simply by having, I mean, aside from the fact that it does not actually match the book or look anything like the characters or anything, um, the fact that it is AI is actually damaging to the image and um, the IP. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Which is quite true. Um, yeah. it, is, it is bad by association to be related to was, AI in this case. It was a pretty awfully done cover, too. <sighs> I, mean, I mean, you see the usual list of issues. I mean, it was all there. We had 
some numbers of fingers. We had background elements that made no sense. We had um, elements of clothing that not function according to Euclidean physics. Oh. Um, yeah, that, that's one of the that's one of the regular tells to look for is look for ribbons or ties or anything on the clothes and see how they do not function the way that anyone with any sense would ever draw them. Um, you know, it's usually yeah. <laughs> that's, that's one of the usual tells for AI art. That and obviously the number of fingers on the hands. Yeah, um, you can get some some truly extreme polydactyl. Yeah, the cat, um, whatever the cast of the eyes are, um, curls of hair that appear to be running perpendicular to a five-dimensional space because they just kind of disappear and then reappear later. <laughs> um, the entire list here, and plus we don't know who this person in the background is. Love it. <laughs> But yeah, uh, so you know, kick into that. Support a support a you know a friendly neighborhood author who is doing who is trying to not give in to the horrible uh, AI content slot future, and you know, artists paying artists. So yeah, no, I mean, I would. I mean, I'm, isn't or I'm, uh, the expected and very probable demise of this crowdfunder is not going to affect my of cover art in the future in any way it's just of course it would be, be a nice it's good to support color. artists um uh, yeah so and of course we can also still get uh, the existing uh princesses of the pizza parlor episodes the mm-hmm. uh amazon Kindle and Kindle Unlimited, Dead Tree format, whatever suits your fancy. Are the uh, Dead Tree versions still uh, appearing in extremely uh, strange amounts off? First, third, and fourth only. Yeah, for, for some reason, too. Is... is still full price. Um, Get them while they're hot, I guess. <laughs> yeah, seriously, it's crazy. Yeah, the other thing, um, for Crowdfunder, it's got little sidebar mm-hmm. items, like if you don't um, you just instead of um, donating random amount of however much you want, you can sidebar item for donation instead. Mm. And so um, most of my sidebars are like 500 in each, which at the current exchange rate is about three bucks. Yeah, um, it's um, that gets you any two ebooks of your choice. I'll just send them to you. Mm-hmm. And also, each one counts as a vote for any for a particular future project. So, oh, that's neat. Yeah, got, got like six different items, technically uh, a few more, um, to work on to actually self-publish. Because at this point, I'm just c- kind of giving up on traditional publishing for a multitude of reasons, most of which are not being ameliorated by the current state of everything. Um, yeah, that's understandable. Yeah. So, so um, yeah, check them out if and if you've or anybody just please check them out if you think any of the items on the sidebar look interesting and you'd like me to actually work on them harder to get them out sometime next year then just vote please <laughs> I, I have at this point exactly one vote for a collection of Japanese uh, animal tales which is a cool idea but, 
Yeah, so, you know, give those a look, and I will be browbeating wheels into inserting that, uh, the link on that into the previous, the prior episode, as well as forthcoming episodes, to make sure that it doesn't get completely, uh, so that it's gets, getting some coverage, so. We'll make sure that is someplace that you can click it, it'll make it relatively easier if you just, uh, go to RP Gamer and check that, uh. Joe, where can we find you? I am Smoke and Joe Gamer on Twitch.tv and YouTube. Um, I play all sorts of games with colorful commentary. So, if you want to watch a guy get really angry at old Sega Genesis games and start swearing, I'm your guy. So, do I ever? Um, yeah. <laughs> Boy, so, what a I... hey, do you know who you're talking to, dude? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So this uh, this month I'm doing JRPG July, and I already touched upon it already. I did four episodes of some four very different JRPGs, and I will continue to do that for the rest of this month. Um, and I don't have a plan for August, but I might do Sega September. That has a nice ring to it. Sega Timber. We'll just say, yeah. call it Sega Timber. Sega Timber. Well, nice. So. Yes, I play all sorts of games. I play new games. I play old games. I play Final Fantasy 16. I play other games. Damn you, um, Final Fantasy 16! I streamed it three times, and then after that I said, okay, I think I just want to play this without streaming and actually get some enjoyment out of it and not have to feel, you know, compelled you to do it. feel like you got to be on it. Yeah. Right. So anyways, yeah, you can totally check me out there. And I do have a Discord server. Um, I don't get much use out of it. Lately, it's just been sharing some of my favorite quotes from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> um, and then me being shitty and contextualizing things. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there is that. And I mean, I'm on Facebook and Instagram, but that eh, I don't recommend anybody actually use those websites for any purpose. What's the Facebook? Exactly. It's a place where you go to feel bad about the people you know. Um, oh, that's yeah. why I'm not there. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, that's all I got. Um, and we we talked about this already. I don't know if people were listening, but yes, Wheels and I actually were at the same party on Tuesday. It was we it was were. interesting. Good yes. times. I told him <laughs> surely, <laughs> surely if the weather would be was bad, it would only be a brief time, and then it downpoured for twenty minutes. Yep. Because I feel like I should point out that on the RP Gamer stream you have like a stream overlay <laughs> or something. Oh yeah, no, that's the no, that's normal. It's the uh, the Elgato app. Yeah, I figured. Yeah, it's fine. someone so asked if, if you... the, what you were playing a while ago was the Pixel Remaster on Switch, and that's what it was. Yes, it was. All right, go ahead. Go ahead. So yeah. then, if you were to go on my YouTube channel and search through the videos, there is a video of Ask Wheels at my apartment playing some Super Mario Maker 2 levels that I designed specifically for him. Oh god, I beat them. I beat them. He did beat them eventually, right. so eventually. that is entertaining. And yeah, you may want to check that out. So. Eventually is always a concerning uh, <laughs> addendum to any sense. I think it only took him 90 minutes. Yeah, it was fair enough. Good. Fair enough. <laughs> to do five levels. It's time to go back to when you two played Balan Wonderworld. No. Okay. Oh, what? But we played um Stubbs 
the zombie. Oh, that was awesome. Now that's a fun it game. Was, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. They don't they do not make games like that anymore. No. I, we're, we're, we both looked at each other, we're like, wait a minute, this is fun. Hold on. <laughs> Where did this come this is, from? This was made in the Halo engine. <laughs> this is a fun game. They don't make fun games anymore. So. This game fills me yeah. with some strange emotion resembling joy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, before we close out, I just want to say thank you to uh, Shaman, Kroll, and uh, Firemire for providing questions this week. Did we always get to hear? Did from we you. promote shenanigans? Oh, we haven't promoted shenanigans. Yeah. But I was uh, about to... But yeah, we can do shenanigans first. Yeah, every <laughs> Sunday we do Sunday Night Shenanigans, which is us playing multiplayer games. It's been Street Fighter Six lately, and we'll probably play more month. of that. Uh, and then towards the end of the month, we'll probably be just Dave and I doing some Remnant 2. Until... Oh yeah, I want to throw out a shout out to Doomerang for that Remnant 1 code. <laughs> yes, thank you, Doomerang. Uh, unless I can press gang someone else into a copy of Remnant 2. Can I do with you a copy of Remnant? <laughs> yes. Um, if I can get it on a, I don't know, maybe if I could get it on Steam at a severe discount. I'm offering to buy it for you. <laughs> That's the ultimate discount. Oh, you are. Yes. <laughs> That's what press ganging someone else into playing it means. And I believe the platform well, was Steam. Yes, yes, it's okay, going to be Steam. If, if I were to somehow acquire a copy without paying for it, sure, okay. I would be willing to play right. it with you. Okay, cool. Look, look, look at your Sunday Steam account on uh, the 25th. Oh, man. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. I think. Yes, come on. Come on. It's a, it's well, a, it's it, a solid game, yeah, I'm yeah. sure. Okay. <laughs> And you you have very little risk. You were going to be on shenanigans anyway. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. It, it, if Hey, if it's being purchased for me, I mean, even if it's bad, I'll be like, hey, you know what? I didn't pay for it. Yeah, I mean, I know you didn't like the original game, but I'm sure they've ironed out some of the issues the first game had, which I love it, but it's not perfect. So I was offering was one of those... five tread discount. Yeah. I, it's one of those games where it was like, oh, there's a new game on Game Pass. Oh, let me check this out. And I think I played for maybe two or three hours and was like, okay. You know, yeah, see, I wouldn't say I hated see, it, but I would just say yeah, I, I, that's, it kind of that's felt the, like low-budget Bloodborne to me, which already felt kind of low-budget. It's not. It's very different than Bloodborne. Okay. But Good. but I can see how you'd get that impression because the first few hours aren't the best because that's when you're going through like some generic like oh i'm in a post-apocalyptic subway levels yeah. uh, but then once you get past there and it kind of opens up a lot more and gets more that can be the danger that yeah. can be the danger of playing something on like game a service like game pass where you end up with this situation where it's like well i could just play something else because this yeah. isn't has an immediate i have no immediate commitment to this because i didn't specifically buy it <laughs> right I will try this because it does look kind of interesting, but there are literally a hundred other games I could be playing instead. Mm -hmm. yeah. Same issue you get with big collections of games where it's like, oh, there's like a bazillion of these. I have no reason to be committed to any one of them. Okay. But yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, that's, that's forthcoming. Once again, thanks to uh, 
Fireminer, Crawl, and Shaman for providing our questions this week. Uh, your questions keep us going when Final Fantasy 16 does not uh, eat my brain and cause me to scream mean, mean things. Um, but yeah. Uh, otherwise, uh, you can ask us questions by going to rpgamer.com and leaving questions in the comments of this very episode, like friends, uh, Shaman and Crawl. Or you can drop questions in the Discord, like Firemider did. Uh, Many thanks to you, uh, to all of you for uh, keeping us going. Uh, uh, and also, you can ask questions now that there's yet another Twitter exodus. If you land oh in the Fediverse, aka Mastodon, you can ask me questions. I am AskWheels on Mastodon.social, which is the main developer instance of Mastodon. The but... most populous Mastodon. Yes. Uh, but obviously, if you're on a different instance of that, you can still reach me. And despite what people may tell you, it is not as complicated as it sounds. It's actually quite simple. Yeah. Feel it's free to ask me terminally Linux brained. You yes, you will be first up. Uh, your questions will be first up to be answered on the show because I've yet to see receive any questions on that platform. So I will be excited if and when that happens. So yeah, that is also an option. Uh think co-host is developing an ask an ask box so if someone were to, for some reason send me questions me or wheels questions via the ask yes. box when we inevitably get that feature that would also be an option yes i started um, using that again as well because i re figured out that hey i can make this an, an icon on on my home screen on my phone mm -hmm. So I can it's like having an app, but not. Yes, it's like having an app, except it doesn't work as well, and I don't get notifications. That's probably for the best. The other reason is that there's reasons as to why they don't do an app, but we won't go into those right yeah, now. Yeah, no, it's um, fine. Moral of the story is leave Twitter. Do it. Yeah, generally. Um, <laughs> but don't go to the Facebook one. That one looks like an absolute it's, help uh, hit. Um, oh, that, there's a long list of decisions that have already come to light involving yes. threads yeah but yeah so uh but yeah you can ask questions if you want to join the rp gamer discord you can go to the rpgamer.com and check the community tab that'll get you an invite to the discord it's a lovely community even if you don't want to ask us questions but we always appreciate it otherwise though it's getting late so see you space cowboys see ya yeah.